Hello, it is Thursday, November 12th. We good? Yeah. Hello, it is Thursday, November 12th. Big night last night on NXT. Obviously, got to talk about it. <laughs> Have to chit-chat about it. Got a chance to kick a soul out of a human's body again. That was fun. <laughs> uh, tonight, Thursday Night Football, the Indianapolis Colts travel down to Nashville to take on the Tennessee Titans. Taylor Luan will join us to talk about that. All right. Also on today's show, we have Steve Levy, Monday Night Football, and... Mike Pereira. Holy shit, big show thir- oh, Thursday. Big show Thursday, baby. I got in about 1, one thirty last night. Feeling great. Can't wait for this conversation. Think you guys are going to enjoy this. Once again, if you like this show by the end of this thing, go ahead and be a friend, tell a friend. If not, just act like it never, ever happened. Let's get to it. Hey, also... Uh, Tom Brady tweeted me yesterday. No big deal. I'm an Aaron Rodgers guy. Everybody knows that. Everyone knows it. Uh, Tom Brady sent me some sunglasses. I liked them. He tweeted me. Shout out to him. Hey, thanks for the glasses, Tom. They're awesome. They are nice glasses. Thanks for the tweet, Tom. Awesome. Good guy. Maybe he'll come on the show someday. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, we got Aaron Rodgers Tuesdays already. Aaron <laughs> Rodgers is our guy. Mm-hmm. But if Tom wants to come on every once in a while, we would welcome him with Um, Let's get to the show. (laughs) You think the weather in November is potentially going to rain and damper the master's spirit a little bit? Possibly. Mm. Couple delays, couple suspensions already here on day one. But the boys are back on the course swinging the club. A man named uh, Bryson DeChambeau, who somehow, someway put on 65 pounds of muscle in a couple months and nobody asked any questions, was the odds-on favorite to win the Masters going in. I was listening to Scott Van Pelt late night last night on SportsCenter because I got home very late after dominating NXT and kicking another man's soul into the sky and being Tyler Breeze. Now listen, whenever I go down to Orlando to NXT, it is the time of my my life but let's not act like i'm not down there on a mission okay we're on a mission to take over the wrestling business and those three men that i stand alongside every wednesday night are going to be the faces of the business for time to come hell yeah daniel yeah. birch Ernie lorkin pete dunn myself taking over a little man jumped did a flip and took me out last night thought mm-hmm. i was gonna die but everything uh, got made up for because his little ass got tossed through a table which is awesome news anyways last night when i got home late night after doing uh, victory was so sweet baby <laughs> victory was so sweet obviously danny and oni for those that uh didn't watch by the way what are you doing okay let's please watch usa network wednesday nights 8 p.m it is magical i i am telling you this even if you are not a wrestling fan know that it is magical my mom is not a wrestling fan and she's not always a fan of mine to be honest with you wasn't for a long portion of my life she is glued to the television on wednesday nights because she said you know you've always been a little shitster and, <laughs> and now you get to do it i'm like thank you mother she's having a time of her life but anyways i'm having a time in my life as well and it's only a matter of time uh before all of us probably have championships and titles and are just kind of walking around doing whatever the hell we want to do yep. that's kind of what we've been doing the last couple weeks anyways thank you to everybody that watched nxt last night late night last night i was watching scott van pelt and he was coming to us live from augusta and i think they put him in maybe the smallest room in the clubhouse he was in what seemed to be a closet at that place and uh with 
with i mean i guess it wasn't closet because they had six feet social distance or whatever because he had a golf expert in there and i was listening to them talk and they didn't even talk about the matching at all and i was very surprised i was like yo that western michigan toledo ending is one for the ages i got a chance to watch it on a plane back home last night a uh, guy misses an extra point that would have put them down three for western michigan uh they have to do an onside kick to get the ball back said guy that missed extra point was a massive part of that punter recovers the onside kick they go down the field they're down four have to score a touchdown if they want to beat toledo uh they march down the field there's like 20 seconds left they have a first and goal or first down uh in like the 15 or 14 they go to 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 spike the ball you know because the clock needs to stop first and goal or first down quarterback fakes the spike throws touchdown game winner Maction's awesome. The fake spike tutter to win the game is something that is talked about and fantasized about in football lore. And they actually did it last night on TV. It was magical. Shout out to Western Michigan pulling that off. Uh, shout out to Toledo, who a lot of people bet on, by the way, uh, losing a lot of money for a lot of people there at the end and not covering anybody. And But also being in a position that is very easy to happen. You could be winded at the time. The, the spike to stop the clock is just something that's kind of like a, a routine at this point for somebody to fake it and throw it is awesome i remember hearing one time i don't know if it was in a meeting in a locker room or on a plane or something like that but i was listening to uh, old peyton manning talk about these types of plays and peyton always wanted to pull off the fake kneel mm-hmm. clock still running jog to the locker room come on guys telling the guys like let's get to the locker room but hanging on to the ball and just jogging down the field as if he was going to the locker room after a fake kneel the full acting like we were talking about in the conversation i was part of everybody was talking about how everybody would have to act and like maybe even a couple guys unbutton their their helmets and everything like it was a full the conversation was maybe 15 20 minutes long about how okay you got to be in the proper spot where you're facing towards where your locker room would be so we started going through like stadiums in which that was possible our stadium was possible if we chose to defer and took the ball in the second day like there was an entire conversation about it those types of situations are only dreamed about fantasized about because they're so hilarious they're so awesome and they never ever happen it feels like last night western michigan pulls off the unthinkable the unbelievable the unfathomable the uh fairy tale like play to win the goddamn game in some action that was gorgeous okay it was absolutely gorgeous to watch congrats to western michigan for pulling that off now uh it was the second best thing on television obviously following right behind another kick right because the onside kick was awesome where the kicker or the punter recovered it i uh, kicked the guy's head off as well so last night good television mm-hmm. you get it. Yeah. i was watching scott van pelt they weren't talking about that at all okay everything was masters 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 coverage and for me i'm a golf fan okay i'll watch uh if there's nothing else on i'll watch and if there's people i enjoy golfing like uh for instance, if Tiger Woods is golfing, there's a good chance I'm going to watch, right? And there's if there's Electra, Brooks Kepa's golf, I'm going to go do it. Mm-hmm. Bubba Watson now, front of the show. If he's doing something, I'm going to watch, right? So I'm watching for people, not the sport. I completely forgot this is like their Super Bowl that just got mm-hmm. moved over to November. Yep. And it was being treated as such because... I'm not sure the ratings will look anything like that today and tomorrow. I think it'll be very good. The weekends could potentially be problematic. Now, four SEC games being postponed could potentially help the Masters, and maybe we should. Oh. No, I'm not going to say it. Come on. Oh, uh... Did the Masters people 
they wouldn't do that. It's in Georgia. Did they drop COVID into these locker rooms? Yeah. It's possible. Hats off to them. Hats off to them. Because, by the way, ratings probably go up a lot in a lot of different states Mm -hmm. down there. But So maybe that helps Saturday. Sunday, going to be very tough, I think, for the Masters to do anything. Now, it'll be watched on social media and everything like that. But I didn't didn't even know, and this is because of the – the, you know, I always got my blinders on. I completely forgot that the Super Bowl of golf is happening right now. Like, as we speak, it's happening. And last night, they were doing this entire conversation in this closet of Augusta. They were on location. Scott Van Pelt is so damn professional. He was literally sitting in a room that probably should have been on television. And he was just transitioning to Tom Rinaldi that was out on the on the course telling mm-hmm. a story. And then he was talking to this guy. It was unbelievable uh, trafficking of the show by Scott Van Pelt for where he was. And also a lot of information. I got it very quick. This guy that was talking a little bit older, man, looked like he'd been around the game a long time. He said, since the weather, since it's going to be wet, obviously, you need to look at the people that can carry the ball a long way to potentially do this. Like, for instance, Matt Wolf or whatever his name is, he's a guy that's been hot. A lot of people have been talking about, like, maybe he gets going. He gets the ball a long way, but a lot of it is run. Okay, so his is on the ground. Whenever you talk about, like, Bryson DeChambeau and these other big, big swings, they carry a long way. So since the people who carry a long way, those are going to be the ones that succeed this weekend. So everybody thought that guy that put on 55 pounds just by drinking protein shakes and doing absolutely nothing else, since he carries the ball like 380, 400 yards, he was going to do well. He's not doing great, right? Is he doing anything at all right now? He uh, he doubled number three. Okay, so he's well, not doing so great. Right there. So he's golfing like us right now. Because I think the thing about Masters, you have to control the ball, though, too, right? Don't you have to be pretty accurate with your old thing? Yeah. So the long ball, carry long, that uh, the very smart man who knew a lot more about golf than I did, or I assume anybody else that was on television at the time that I was watching was talking about. He was a very nice man, had a little bit of flow, uh, white hair. Uh, Andy North. Yeah, Andy Is that North. his name? Oh, yeah. Ooh. Peter's dead. Yeah, not to be confused with Peter North. But. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so. Family, though. <laughs> Potentially. Yeah. We don't know. We Brothers, haven't looked into I think. it. Brothers. Okay. Maybe, yeah. He was a little bit older, though. He mm-hmm. was not. No, no. He's, yeah, he's up there. Anyways, so whenever he was breaking it all down, he said the long carry golfers are going to be the golfers in my amateur brain was watching was like, yeah, but don't you have to be accurate? If you're a long ball hitter, isn't it just one little and then that ball is in the woods? I think that happened to Rom, right? Didn't that happen to Rom? Rom Rom is over par, yes. Rom hooked one into the woods, I think. That's why the Masters are the Masters, right? Because you never know who's going to be able to win it. This is a course, though, that Tiger loves. He's the reigning champion at this point. So maybe Tiger will get hot. I'm kind of pumped for the Masters to be happening when I completely forgot it was even happening what 12 hours ago so good for us getting the Masters here on Thursday Friday the Super Bowl of one of our sports uh, at the end of the week good for us getting the Indianapolis Colts at the Tennessee Titans tonight on Thursday really good game that's going to be a really good game that means a lot I love playing against the Tennessee Titans listen this morning we went through a little Rolodex of footage of uh, things that I've done against the Tennessee Titans and said about the Tennessee Titans in, in Nashville on the draft stage. I love the Colts-Titans rivalry, okay? I've had a lot of success in that one. Also, the Colts have. But last year, was there a turning of the page, a turning of the tide that this Titans team is for real? Colts go into Nashville tonight as a favorite. Wild, okay? Listen, I've watched every Colts game. That defense is for real. But any defense can be great. And then if Derrick Henry wants to have a night... There ain't nothing you can do. And the offense for the Indianapolis Colts, I don't think they have an identity yet. Happy birthday, Naheem Hines, by the way. Happy birthday. 
We remembered. A lot of people thought yep. we'd forget. We remembered. And his sister. And his sister. Twin sister. Uh, happy birthday to her as well. There's a lot of things going on. Uh, and still remember that because that's the type of show we are because we're thankful for mm-hmm. that gymnast football player uh, coming on the show. Parkour legend. Yes. Football player yes. coming on the show. Parkour, happy parkour. birthday, Naheem. Hey, happy good birthday. luck tonight, Naheem. Probably hey, good watching. Good luck tonight. Probably good watching. Happy birthday, man. But they don't know what their offense is. I don't think the Colts understand what their offense is yet. Like, every once in a while, it's a, a run-heavy game, and then Phil is able to go off the play action. Then they'll uh, just throw the ball a bunch, and then that inevitably potentially leads to something terrible if an interception happens. So I don't know if anybody has a real read on the Indianapolis Colts offense. I think everybody has a real read on the Colts defense, which is that they're good at football. But are they good against a Derrick Henry-style offense? Nobody knows because there's only one Derrick Henry-style offense. I think tonight's game is going to be absolutely awesome. Damn near a pick them. Colts being a favorite, a little bit interesting to me. We'll have Taylor Luan joining us, though, in the third Ooh. hour to talk about the game tonight. Can't wait to hear what he's thinking. That team has changed since he's gone on IR after tearing his ACL. Can't wait to chat with him about what's going on tonight in Nashville. In the second hour, we'll have Steve Levy, the mouth of Monday Night Football. Let's go. I like him a lot as a human, okay? Commentator, uh, just learn him. I like him. I like him as that too, but I'm not like... I like him as a human a lot. I just want to let everybody know that. So whenever you listen uh, to Steve Levy on Monday Night Football, know that he was dropped into probably a potentially impossible task. I mean, at that point. Because if you do recall the way they started, they had Herb Street and Fowler on the first Monday Night Football game. And then they put a group, a three-man group, which everybody says is difficult. I don't think so at all, but it's always an excuse that other broadcasters make. I don't think it's that hard at all if you can just have a conversation with people, but it seems to be an excuse. But people who do it for a living say it's difficult. So three-man booth, never been together, and you have to follow Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreit, plus the last two booths for Monday Night Football haven't been very well received by the public. So he was being put in a position that was probably going to catch some shit regardless of how he did, and he has a much different style of calling a game than anybody else. So I think people, you know, they kind of like, hey, this guy's our friend, this guy's our boy, like not supposed to be Monday Night Football guy. I think he's gotten better each week. I think he's going to continue to relevant in that role now does he love it what has it been like for him i'll be intrigued to hear that from his side of the thing because it's you know it's awesome to get Monday Night football it's everybody's dream job i'd assume and steve levy i think was like a janitor at espn at one point he's 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 literally been a, he's worked every single job there to like earn your stripes to get to this point i would assume that monday night football is the pinnacle I want to ask him what it's like when he gets to the top of the mountain. Is the view as good as you thought it was going to be? That is something I would like to ask because he gets called uh, the biggest game of the week, Monday Night Football, on ESPN, which is their only NFL game, right? So that's you're the only NFL commentator in the entire worldwide leader. Um, and is it as good as you thought it was going to be? You know, you see what happened in the last couple of years, obviously with the Jason Witten experiment and then uh, Booger and Joe. And by the way, they were hated by uh, a lot of people. I don't know if that's fair or not. I mean, I got to commentate some games, and I got hated by a lot of people, so I think that's a tough position to be in. That's why you normally see just the ones that have been around for a long time remain there for a long time because it's like, oh, these are the constant. Everybody's already got past their hatred for them. This is how it is because anytime you go in to call a game, uh, you're talking – uh, if one team's doing something good, that means you must be burying the other team. So you hate that team. And then if that team does good, well, then you hate that team. As opposed to thinking you like both teams, normally fans say they hate both teams. And then if you speak a way that they don't love, well, they're going to hate that too. So I think he, I wonder if he knew all the things he was walking into. Mm-hmm. Like all the, like, hey, do you know you're walking into basically hell's 
You're walking through Hell's Gate, right? Like, you, you, are, lose. you are going to be fucked regardless here. Like, like, I wonder if he knew that, if he cares, if he notices, if he watches, if he listens, if he hears, or if he's so locked in because he's like, this is a dream job. Uh, let's go ahead and make this as best as possible. I'll be excited to hear that. And in the first hour, I do believe, yeah, thank God, uh, eight minutes from now, uh, we have our uh, favorite rules expert from Fox Sports, Mike Pereira. Yeah! I can't wait to talk to Mike. Dude. He's a champion. <laughs> I don't know. So it's very obvious that Mike has a great relationship with refs, mm-hmm. like the other refs. And we have been a show that I think have held refs accountable more so than any other show. Just because I think if you're a player or a coach, you understand how important referees are. But also, I think we have been a show that shows a lot of respect for how hard in difficult being a ref is i think I, I i feel like i have fairly covered both sides of it for instance it is a it, nobody would want to be a referee i mean i don't know why you'd want to be a referee i have no idea why nobody's pulling for you okay nobody's cheering for you the only people uh that you're ever going to hear from are the people that you fucked over somehow with a bad call uh we have technology that is i don't know seven to eight hundred times better and faster than your vision and have better i mean they are set up to fail okay the refs are set up to fail now granted there are some great referees out there that do a great job and we haven't even got a chance to really talk about the pinpoint accuracy that i think we all just understand that they have whenever they throw a flag for a spot foul from like 30 yards away and they're like oh yeah it's right there it's like could he have been off by maybe i don't know 10 yards maybe because he was so far away no 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 spot foul right there they all have great arms but normally they're gonna fuck up normally the entire world is gonna see it in a better way than they did and normally you're gonna hate them until the next week and then oh i hate this guy remember last time it's just i don't know why you'd want to be a ref obviously need refs very thankful for refs but there's sometimes where they make some decisions where you're like come on come on so i think we are very fair with that mike Pereira though is the voice for all the people that we've buried in the past though and in the last conversation he was relaying messages from people to him to tell me exactly mm-hmm. for instance Alberta Riveron. Uh-huh. Alberta Riveron relayed a message to Pereira basically said, like, hey, if you ever talk, if you ever talk to McAfee, will you please explain to him that the NFL is asking me to hold pass interference at a higher standard than it is on the field? Will you tell him that although I understand that the entire world sees what I see, I have to hold it to a higher standard because it's a new rule and it's being uh, overturned and reviewed and everything? Will you please tell him that? Uh, because last year, I don't know if you guys know this or not, if you're new to the show, um, there was like 10 to 15 rants mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. that pass interference review thing being a great concept, a great idea for football. And I know the old heads for football will say, no, we don't need more reviews. We need less reviews. It slows down the game and everything like that. Yo, pass interference is 45, 50-yard penalties. They completely change games. Whether they're right or they're wrong, they are a big deal whenever you calculate in to who's winning and who's losing the game. So the fact that that ref in New Orleans – did not throw a flag whenever old buddy got speared whenever they were about to score. Mm-hmm. And the NFL was like, okay, now it's time. Because I would assume there's a lot of coaches, a lot of players that have been like, hey, we have all this technology, but the biggest 
the biggest foul is pass interference. Is there any way we could use that to change that because people's careers are ending because of it? Uh, coaches are getting fired because of games being determined on this type of thing. Like, there's a lot that can happen whenever you're giving up 65-yard penalties, 70-yard penalties. Is there any way we can maybe, they go, okay, we'll do the review system. Last year, they have the review, and for pass interference, I was singing its praises. Thank God. Let's just get somebody in there, like the XFL review system, that has the Xbox control, not the new Xbox, which I heard it's hard to get. Oh, yeah. It's hard to get. Uh-huh. And the PS5, you don't even try. It's hard to get. The Xbox controller up in the goddamn suite, going through the play with a direct line to the referee, all being transparent on television, and the young person who's running the Xbox controller just going through it being like, uh, yeah, see, it's down right here. Yeah, you got it wrong. Go ahead and uh, just pick up that flag. That was awesome. The XFL got it right when it came to reviews. If they had something like that in place with the pass interference rule, I think it would have been just a home run, a match made in heaven, uh, just better for everybody. Defensive backs would be appreciative of it. I think wide receivers would be appreciative of it. Coaches would be appreciative of it. It'd be efficient. But instead, what happened, every time it went to review, it never got overturned. They made a mockery of the entire thing. So I automatically took it out on the guy that was making the decisions, Alberto Riveron, telling him, hey, Alberto, Figure it the fuck out in there, okay? The entire world can see that it's a penalty. How can you not see a penalty? And I did that 10 to 15 times. And I thought that they were trying to sabotage the rule. I thought the refs were so upset about the rule happening and it being able to go review, like, this is our judgment call, basically. And they're taking it away. And Alberto Riveron was like, no, they're not doing it to the refs. That every single time he got it wrong, I thought he was doing it maliciously so that they would get it out of the game. And I thought it was something that could be good for the game. Uh, so I went after him. A lot. Rightfully so. They get rid of the rule. Okay, can't review it anymore. I'm pissed because the guy who ruined it also killed it, Alberto River. I continue to bury Alberto River on. Mm-hmm. Then, turns out, Mike Brer says, like, wrong guy. Wrong guy. So, I had some misfired bullets, I guess, all last year. Yeah. And Mike Pereira came in to tell me, basically, from Alberta Riveron, who works for the NFL, who probably told him, like, yeah, you can't just go call Pat McAfee and tell him not to do that. Like, <laughs> that's not something you do. So those are the things I enjoy hearing from Mike Pereira. I think he really he opens and incites me on things behind the scenes with the referees because they are such a big deal mm-hmm. in games. And I think fans, if a commentator actually talks about it, you'd realize that it's a lot bigger part than people could imagine. But most commentators, I think, just kind of have, at this point, accepted that some are bad, and they're just like, well, yeah, it's a holding call, let's move back. Mm-hmm. And then they show the review, and they're like, oh, I got that one a little bit wrong, but we'll move on. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. They're going to have to fucking punt here. They're not going to score here. They lost the possession because of that one bad call. Like, it is a much bigger deal than people give credit. And the NFL should pay the refs more money, too, by the way. They should be full-time and everything like that. All the boys here at Tone Diggs will be following the Masters for us today. Mm-hmm. At Boston Connor. At Ty Schmidt. You were going to say something about the yeah. referees. Well, yeah, I was going to say credit to you for being man enough to say, hey, I may have been wrong. You know, not a lot of people would do that. Well, it's real. I think it's a real thing because... Uh, that's my real feelings towards the rule. That's my real feelings to how, towards how it was handled. And then there was new evidence mm-hmm. provided mm-hmm. that made me go like, okay, well, here's my real feelings about it now then. Even if it wasn't you then, you shouldn't have said no. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I, what if, did I just yeah. hit Alberto River on again? Well, <laughs> no, Alberto. I'm not going to stop. You should have told them, ah, I ain't doing it. Let's just get a poll on Twitter going real quick. And whenever it's 100% to 0%, we're not going to change the rule to the 0%, which is all we did last year. But Alberto River probably wants to keep his job. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 
I got to balance that. F. Eva Lazito, what is your poll? Uh, who are we hammering tonight? Who is it? Uh, Colts, 30.2%. Titans, 69.8%. Oh, that's very oh, interesting. No. I always thought we had a, a rather large Indianapolis following, but it turns out our Nashville following also very large. Yeah. So hmm. it's a very interesting thing here because Nashville, we love Nashville. Maybe favorite city going that's right the now. Best. Yeah. It is so good. No, but. Indianapolis also awesome. Oh, so, yeah, for sure. It's my home, everything. Mm-hmm. Nashville, awesome, awesome town. So it's like, I'm kind of torn here. Colts paid me a lot of money, but I made plays against the Titans that made me a lot of money. So <laughs> it's like, yeah. you know what I mean? I don't know how. Like, I like the Colts a lot. Naeem Hines, our guy. Happy oh, yeah. birthday mm-hmm. to him. Happy birthday. We like every, I love, love Chris Ballard. Love yeah, that man. Great guy. T.Y. Hey, Jim Irsay, absolute hero in my mm-hmm. eyes. Mm-hmm. Legend. Uh, and anybody that has a negative thought about him just doesn't know him. I don't exactly. think so. He's an awesome guy. All this stuff. T.Y. Yeah. All these. Phil Rivers is on the show. Darius. Mm-hmm. We, we like that team a lot. It's just like tonight, Thursday night against the Titans, coming off that Ravens game. It's like, what the hell is going to happen? Nobody knows. That's why it's good Thursday night football. <laughs> We're being joined now by a man who his presence has been missed greatly, I do believe, for a team that's playing tonight at home against the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Consummate All-Pro, Pro Bowler, legend, host of Bussin' with the Boys podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, Taylor Luan. Yeah! Thank you. How far out of surgery? Are you still on any? Are you still taking? Are you like fresh out of surgery or are we a couple weeks out of this thing? No, I'm about uh, two weeks and two days. So we're moving. I can bend this thing past 90. Oh. We can walk on it at this point. I'm hitting, I'm hitting all the things. I'm leveling up every single time. So it's a little, it's a little W's when you get to this point. You know what I'm saying? Because nothing really changes. I don't know if AJ had a, ever had an ACL or something like that, or you ever had a knee thing. But it's a pain in the ass. Yeah. Just to, just to go take a piss in the morning. Like, I stopped drinking water at 5, 6 p.m. <laughs> so I don't have to get up in the morning. Or in the middle of the night and crutch my ass over to take a piss. It's awful. Uh, so we, it's little things you take for granted. Taylor, I want to let you know that me and AJ have tried our best to explain to people that whenever you hear about professional athletes just getting surgery and then having rehab and then they come back and they're good and everybody's like, yeah, oh, he's getting surgery. They're getting surgery. They're getting surgery. They're getting surgery. That rehab part that you hear about, it, now granted, we're all gross. I was mostly grossly overpaid to do my job, and we all get paid very lot or whatever. You know what I mean? Rehab sucks. Rehab absolutely sucks. It is painful. It is miserable. You're this. You're a great athlete. Obviously, you're in the NFL. You're trying to teach your knee how to walk again. It is a. It is a pain in the ass. So salute to you, sir. Getting your ass back ready to you know maybe be able to take shits in the middle of the night again. Now let's talk oh, about. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about. That does mean a lot. <laughs> Let's talk about Tennessee Titans uh, tonight. Big game, obviously. Colts have uh, just absolutely dominated this entire rivalry for <laughs> basically its entire existence. But uh, it could—it is a, ta- a change and a turn of the tide here lately with your incredible leadership and the Tennessee Titans. What do you think happens tonight? How do you see the boys playing? I see the boys playing well. It's—it's—it's it's, it's a, it's a, it's a short week. The boys do well in a short week. Vrabel does good with the boys in a short week. I did hear Will Compton did tell me that they had a walkthrough this morning. So you know all the players are super pissed off that they got to do a little extra. <laughs> so they might come out with a little fire today. They might come out with a little spice. I might get my ass in trouble for even saying that. But I'll tell you what, uh, I, I, you know, this rivalry, yes, for a long time the Colts have owned it. Um, the blessings of Peyton Manning, the, the Andrew Lux of the world, just a, a well-rounded franchise. Um 
and it's beautiful. It's a beautiful place to go. Uh, you guys have every steakhouse imaginable, every single franchise possible. There's a steakhouse in Indianapolis. You can go there and try every single kind of steak, and that's great. And after that, that's about all it has to give. And, 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 and then the football team, and that's yeah, 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 yeah. Is a, a minor league baseball team. But I'll tell you what, the Titans, I feel it. I feel it for the boys. I feel good for the boys today. I think it's going to go a long way. I'm excited. I, I'm excited to sit here, watch on my TV, prop my leg up, and hope to God I don't have to piss throughout the three hours. Taylor, <laughs> hey, you mentioned uh, you mentioned possibly getting in trouble for saying what you know they had a walk through this morning. I'm just curious over your time there. You're you're a an outspoken dude. You're not scared to give your opinion and, and act like, you know, and be authentic. I think it's awesome. But also your coach. Be awesome. Very, well, like I've known Braves forever. Does he, does he call you into his office every morning? Like how, do, how much interaction does he ever, ever have to shut you down or tell you, Hey man, like that's enough. I've actually had it from more coaches than, um, than Vrabel. I, Vrabel, I think here's what I think about Vrabel. He is a huge social media guy. He loves the attention. He loves all that stuff. On Bustin' with the Boys, we talk about all the time how Vrabel is probably our number one fan by far. <laughs> He's always texting me and Will little little snippets, little Twitter snippets, little Instagram snippets. But he does him and John especially. They do a good job of putting me in my place when I need to be put in my place. I have so much respect for the two of them. The way they've come in, changed the culture. I've, this is, he's my third coach since I've been in the league. And uh, I've been on the same team, luckily, for the last seven years. And, and by far the best culture I've ever been a part of. Rabel does a great job. John brings the right guys in there to, uh, so we can just keep going in the, in the direction, the, the trajectory that we want to go. So I think there's, you know, you know how it is when you play. Like, there's some things you want to say, but you don't say. And you, you kind of toe the line. I think the three of us uh, have towed the line plenty. Yeah, the two and of I, us I, definitely. I'll be getting a nice text from Vrabel after this, as I always really do on the McAfee show. So uh, it, it's a full – I enjoy it. I enjoy – at least he's talking to me, right? Yeah. Well, and shout out to Vrabel, by the way, if he's watching this. We're big fans, dude. Great. We're big, big, big fans. Gary love, watching. love what you're doing. Um, what was the culture shift that he brought in there? Because obviously we see uh, the boxing gloves of practice and him – uh, obviously has the full padded uh, uh, like a flat jacket on on game day taking pass <laughs> rush and everything like that and it seems like he is you know like a part of the locker room almost but he's like the guy like the leader of the like it feels like that's a coach that I would want to play for watching from outside it's like this guy seems like a guy that I would want to play for for sure I think I think you've nailed it on the head Vrabel is definitely that dude goes out there puts the little pads on I remember my first year I had like an ankle issue or something I was dealing with, something petty. And I didn't practice with the boys in India. I had to practice with Vrabel. Fun fact about practicing with Vrabel, it's way harder than practicing with the boys. <laughs> but Vrabel, Vrabel comes in. He put, he's got his stupid vest pad thing on. And he's running into me. And he gives me the chest and lets me, lets me punch him a couple times. And then like the third time, he's like, all right, one more. Like set inside out. Make sure you punch. And the guy takes off with the Jets. And like does like some sort of move on me and beats me around the corner that I'm not expecting it on. He look kind of looks back at me like still fucking got it. <laughs> <laughs> like, and that was like literally my first like one of my first real interactions with Bramble. So it, he's he's a dude's dude, but he he's a he's a top of the dude's dudes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's right where he needs to be at the head coach. He do, I, I don't like. I can't imagine him. I can't imagine him in Houston listening to Bill O'Brien tell him what to do. Because he's an alpha male. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure. I'm sure that got a little hairy once in a while. I know they're boys, but I'm sure it got hairy. 
Oh, hey, you also transitioned, I know, at your time in Michigan from Brady or from Rich Rod, who I know Pat knows well, to Brady Hoke. Like, how was that? How different are those guys? That had to be a dream, by the way, going from Rich to Brady. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, they were both, I'll give them both of, uh, they were all right at best. I mean, I, you know, Rich Rod came in and the poor bastard didn't have, didn't have a good sleep the whole time he was in Ann Arbor. I don't know if you guys know much about Michigan, but it's very much like, you know, the Bo Schembechler, Lloyd Carr, like we need to do the, the old school stuff, run the ball, all that stuff. And that's great. But Rich Rod comes in, he runs a spread offense. He gets guys like Denard Robinson in there, really talented individuals. But the guy didn't have a fair shake with the boosters and all that from from the beginning. Brady Hoke came in, who's like the Fred Flintstone of all the coaches. Like, <laughs> like all he was missing was Barney Rubble. Like he was happy go lucky cat dude. He was a nice firm circle, firm stomach on the boy. You know, uh, had a had a good group of dudes. A big smile on his face always. Every Thursday before games, him and his wife would make pizza. And I told him I like chicken on pizza one time, and literally that might have been the end of our relationship. He absolutely <laughs> hated the fact that I said I like chicken on pizza, but they, they were they were good dudes. Um, everybody wants at Michigan someone to be Bo Schembechler, and we just haven't found that yet. I'm sure eventually they will. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what John Harbaugh, what his his list looks like as far as how long he'll be there. Um, you gotta get a, gotta get a quarterback. Gotta get gotta get going out there a little bit. Yeah, because we're we're falling from relevance. We're, we're not very relevant anymore. Yeah, two thousand four was the last Big Ten championship. Yeah, it's tough. It's hard to swallow over here when I was in the dark years. Like I'm sure some Michigan alumni will watch this and be like, "You don't know anything, Taylor. You never knew. You never were a part of the good times." And he's right. We <laughs> never won when I was there. I was for the dark ages. The was th- one tiny bright spot. I've been to Ann Arbor though, and it is gorgeous. Like I very much understand why people that went to Michigan uh, act as if Michigan's better than everywhere else. Because after going to Ann Arbor, it was like this place is better than everywhere. <laughs> there was it was so nice. The the athletic. That's why whenever people fail there, it's hard to believe because. There's a $500 million football facility that just got built. There's billionaires just f- stumbling out of bars at that place. Like, it is just, when you go to Ann Arbor, it's a different place. It was, everybody's very nice to me there. It was awesome. And then you see, like, the failures. It's like, well, can they win? Like, why can't they get it figured out? And it, hopefully they'll be able to. Who knows? Because Ohio State. They got, they got Jordan, too. They got, the, they got great sponsors. It's not like they're Adidas. When I was there, we were Adidas. <laughs> Not great. But you, got, you got Jordan now, the first school to ever be sponsored by Jordan. You got like the best facilities, like the facilities that have changed since I've been there. I mean, they had good facilities when I was there too, but it's unbelievable. They literally have this thing called a car wash. They finish practice and then they walk in this like freezing temperature water, like this 42 degree water, and they have to walk. Like it's a four or five minute walk right after practice. It's like, who looks into that kind of recovery stuff? It's unbelievable. It's a great school. The, the town is unbelievable. It revolves around the football team. It's If you want to go play big-time football and you want to be known and loved and cherished, Ann Arbor is the place to do it. I just don't know. I just don't know how to get that shit going. Yeah, you guys stink. The um, <laughs> Tennessee <laughs> You don't deserve it, by the way. At, at, because of everything I just said about Ann Arbor, I, don't, I expect somebody will go in there and win. I assume it's going to be a coaching change. Uh, you watch the NFL now. Are you watching Full Sundays now when you're at home? Uh, obviously, you're no, glued. I can't. I, it's too heartbreaking to go out there and watch. And it, it's, it's unbelievable to watch these dudes, how many injuries there have been this year. And I remember like week three, week four, looking around like, man, these guys are getting blown up. That sucks. Like, dudes are tearing ACLs left and right. Like, I think the, the 49ers had two defensive guys and like, like between one play 
both tear the ACLs, both great players, Bosa and then uh was it uh, Tom Thomas? Mm-hmm. Yep. Tom Thomas? Yeah. And just like I was like, man, that's crazy. Thank God I never get hurt. And then sure enough, week five, boop, there goes the there goes the old knee. So it's like uh I think the biggest thing that people don't talk about with injuries is it's not always about like recovering. Your your body's going to physically make it back. But a lot of times it's the mentals. It's like how do I you know, get back and trust that my leg's going to be able to do this and stay in a good positive state uh, while you're kind of in the like the time frame I'm in right now, that two to six weeks where you're not really be able to walk. You can't really do much. I got two kids running around the house. My poor wife, I just feel so, I feel so bad for her. Well, I'm sitting on the couch doing absolutely nothing, literally playing Halo. And it's, <laughs> it's like, I'm a, t- I'm a teenager all over again, but there's a lot of mental stuff that goes into this, and I think part of it for me is I love watching the Titans, love rooting on the Titans, but when it comes to Sunday and all that, I kind of – pickles on a sandwich. I take it or leave it right now, and I just got to focus on what I got to do, you know? Pickles on a sandwich. You're How an idiot. Your- you are an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> you are- I'll tell you what. I, I, Michigan is a top 15 public school in the world. Where is West Virginia? Like, is that even, <laughs> even ranked? Ooh, like, yeah, the pickles, I'm talking about not academically. I'm talking about, and by the way, that's what a high academia person would do is flex the intelligence <laughs> of their books. Hey, I got a degree, uh, general studies degree. I can talk a little bit about everything. Hey, wow. Congratulations. <laughs> what I'm referring studies. to is you in your head thinking, oh, this pickles one's a fucking home run. Wait until I put the <laughs> <laughs> and by the no way, it was. I thought when I bring this thing out, oh, they're going to die. I've fun. never heard it before, by the way. It, it is good. something that I think should be used a little bit more often, to be honest with you. Thank so, it, it's yours. Nah. Nah. It's, by the way, maybe I will just to help spread it because it is so goddamn good. AJ, what do you got? Oh, I'm just I'm curious about your rehab. Like, you, it's, I'm glad you mentioned like the mental part. A lot of times guys always talk about, hey, if you're on IR, it's like you're not a part of the team. But with the COVID situation, are you still like – part of the the mini bubble are you getting tested all the time like how are you doing that it's very like extensive rehab where you're at right now yeah i'm zero percent a part of the team right now aj it's very hard for me to say oh so go colts <laughs> go colts i'm literally i'm not even in the building okay. i go to rehab down the street at this place called toa those guys are great uh i got to work out the last couple of days though so i mean i've been watching myself just turn into a pile of goo on the couch and so that's to be able to work out the last three days I'm going to become an Instagram influencer with the no no lower body but all upper body. Yeah. That's going to become me in the next month or two. You know what it's like, dude. But I, as far as like being a part of the team, I FaceTime the boys all the time. I constantly talk to Derek and Ryan and all the online boys. Like, it's trying to stay with, with, with those guys. But with this COVID stuff, unless I go and get tested every single day, you know, go, I, I would go in there and, you know, do treatment for an hour. It's like, it's just a, it's, it's a lot, a lot of, a lot of work for not a lot of reward. I'm getting just as much at TOA. So, no, I'm, I'm really not even – I feel like I'm part of the team at all. I'm I'm just the biggest number one cheerleader in Nashville. Hey, that's probably happening with everybody, huh, around the league that's getting rehab? Cause yeah, the- I, I know that Dak, Dak came out and said he's going to do te- – he's going to – you know, he's a quarterback, though. It's, it's it's way different when you're a quarterback, and he's he's trying to get that paper, too. He's trying to get that uh, – Luan money. He he tried to double the one money. <laughs> that times three four. He tried to get something. Out hey, there. how about when you came out like an absolute asshole, dressed like Boss Hog in that press game? That was the <laughs> best. I tell you why. I it was the best move ever. I got ever. knocked down the first game, and I think it was because I wore that damn Boss Hog <laughs> I got depleted on an interception, and a couple of guys. They were like, yeah, I was like Andre, some some backup cat, and he's like a dead body, body bag. Like, <laughs> and I was like, I, I woke up out of a daze and. 
a couple days later, I'm like, it was definitely the boss hog. Fucking outfit I wore. Hey, I'm, yeah. I'm seeing on your hands a bunch of tats there. What are those? And uh, when did you start getting tats? And I'm not going to ask you how many because it appears as if you're definitely at the point long ago where you don't know how many anymore. But when did you start getting tats? And uh, will that continue? For are you going to ink your whole body? You don't give a motherfucker. Yeah, no, I'm definitely not. I'm not hitting neck or face. I promised my foe mom that. But like when I was like eight years old, <laughs> I would take my, I would like uh, draw mustaches on my fingers. Oh, I want that I tat like, so bad. I want that tat right there so bad. Get that. Get it, it's yours. I mean, this, you know, I've met No, so you didn't create it, it, by the way. You didn't create that. I would like to let you know you did not create that tattoo. There was uh... No, but I did, I did create this one. That's my right-hand man. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, hey, college, this is my best wee man ever, dude. This thing was an absolute moneymaker. But, uh, yeah, no, the mustache is not an original, that's but the, the right-hand man definitely is the original. Oh, man, uh, that's I, awesome. I've, been, I've wanted tattoos since I was little. Since I was a little kid, like I said, I draw mustaches. Um, my tattoos, 90% of them mean absolutely nothing. Uh, I have Frank nice. Sinatra's mugshot on my hand. I figure we both have criminal records. Might as well make it a real thing. I got Marilyn Monroe. I, I, I literally have the most random stuff. I'll probably do my stomach and chest, my other legs. So I'll probably have a little bit of a bodysuit going, but it's a, it's a bit of a deal. You should, do, you, do you have any tattoos? Nah, man. I, I, I've sat down in a chair a couple of times and then like right before I'm like, yeah, I'm out. It's hard for me to commit to something, you know, on my, for like I'll change my light to like tomorrow. Like I, it's hard for me to be like, you know what? I'll put something on there forever. And, yeah, I, yeah. and I heard it hurts I, like a motherfucker. I, I heard it hurts very bad as well. It depends on the, on the spot. I got my back done this off season. I, I literally, I almost cried. I was in child's pose a couple times doing yoga stretches, breathing deep, meditation type stuff. It was awful. But I'll tell you what, get you a mustache, get you a right hand man. You can't, can't go wrong with that. The right hand man. That's, yeah, that's a tough five. I've never seen you wear sleeves, but yet you're too professional to get a tattoo. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, not too professional. Good. No, no, that's definitely not it. it. It's the ADD, okay? It's the sitting there because you got to sit there if you want anything for a long time. It's the pain, right? Then I actually, not only do I have to sit still for a long time, I also have to sit there and just get what? Prop. <laughs> <laughs> prodded with a needle the entire mm -hmm. time okay so it hurts like hell and by the way this thing that you're currently into uh probably you're i've been with me a long time probably not gonna like it next week but i am at the point my lady has a beautiful sleeve she has a great tat and i think we're gonna get one or whatever so i think i am getting into the world and i do believe that right hand man just made a a quick entrance into the no. appointment I, that is awesome yeah it's a top it's a top five tattoo i swear to like i, I literally the my probably my only original idea i've ever had in my entire life the only original thing i've ever thought of don't blame your don't say that dude just because Pickles on a sandwich and then that and <laughs> who would have thought? thought that the right hand man would hit harder run left dude oh god do you him. remember eight hey, taylor you remember where you were when you came up with the idea for the right hand man oh you had to be so pumped oh no i was i was probably was, it was definitely in college i was like a a freshman a retro freshman one of those two and uh, the mustache was like my go-to icebreaker at the bar. And then I, I started to realize like a lot of people actually have that. And then <laughs> I, I, don't, I have no idea how it came out. One thing led to another. The guy who does all my tattoos, the same guy does them. His name's Joey uh, Singleton out in Ann Arbor, Michigan. He literally drives down uh, to my house and he'll just tattoo me as long as I say. And he's an unbelievable tattoo artist. And we were sitting there one day and I was like, you know, man, just throw a little stick figure on the old hand. <laughs> Call it the right hand man. And I think that's really how, how fast it kind of happened. I, I just I just put things on my body. 
and expect me to like them 10 years later. Hey, it's smart. And by the way, they all look nice. So you got to do that. If you're a person who maybe isn't going to dive, they say everybody gets addicted to it. You rarely see one person that, you know, maybe the old classic uh, person that's part of the barbed wire tribe. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That, that's like Back the old, in the 90s, yeah. Yeah, like that's their only tad. It's like, well, you could have potentially just gotten you know, denounce yourself from that tribe and kind of went over it, but you're doing your own <laughs> I, I got some tribal in my left arm and I'm getting it removed right now. That's way worse than a tattoo. Way worse. The Hawaiian stuff? That's one that I want. No, no, it's the, it's the wannabe Jake Long. Um, <laughs> it, it's awful, dude. It's such a bad move. I got it when I was, I was 77 at Michigan. Jake, Jake Long. Long was just the number one pick. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I got it, dude. I got to do that. I got to do the tribal great. also. Got the playing? tribal, absolutely yeah. hate it now. Jake Long, did Jake Long have a great, where's Jake Long at right now? Do you know? He's retired now. He had a whole mess of injuries. Dude. He actually lives in Nashville, Tennessee. Oh. Number one overall pick by the Dolphins. Richie Incognito told me himself, the single best football player he's ever seen regardless of position. That's how good Jake Long was before he got hurt and stuff like that. Damn. The guy was the guy was a surefire Hall of Famer, but he, was, he just riddled with injuries. Yeah. All right, well, get healthy from yours, man, will you? I will. I'll do my best. What are we betting? We got to do something here for tonight's game. What do you want to do? I don't know, man. (laughs) Tattoos? You're probably going to have to get that right now. There it is. All right. We'll do do the – that's what will happen. That's what we do. Tattoos. Yeah, I have to think of something that you have to get tattooed on your body, but it has to be in a place. If Tennessee Tennessee wins, you got to get BWTB. Put on your body. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll get I'll get Pat McAfee show 2.0 on my on my arm somewhere. <sighs> no, no, I can't my do brother, it. I'm not. I'm not at the point. Me. I'm not at the point of tattoos where I can just get random shit. Okay, I can't do that. Like I can't you just do a high thigh. Do a high thigh piece. BWTB, you're living. Yeah, but have you ever seen my legs? Those high thighs are going to get a chance to get seen at some point. Don't hey, need that in there. Your unit, dude. If there's ever an earthquake or something, yeah, I'm holding on to you. You're the sturdiest guy in the world. <laughs> Listen to you, businessman. You're like, oh, I want to get some. Uh, let me get some billboard right there on that. <laughs> <laughs> that it's got some real estate to work on. All right, so I'll, I'll do the. Working. I'll do the. Uh, uh, I don't know if we should do tattoos. That's <laughs> that's too much of a commitment. I can't do it. That can't be my first tattoo. No way. So my you're wife, not very confident in the Colts Titans today. I'm not actually. By the way, I am not at all. Really? Yeah, because I think we. The Colts have been playing a bit inconsistent. I think you guys have as well. Like on offense, you guys know Derrick Henry, right? This is what we're going to try to do. This is going to be our guy, and then everything else kind of goes off that. Ryan Tannehill has been unbelievable, by the way. All the stats talk about how great he is. But I think whenever you look at the Titans, you're like, okay, Derrick Henry, then let's kind of see what happens. And Tannehill is incredible, right? I'm not saying he's not. But for the Colts, if you guys can't get pressure on Phillip Rivers, I feel good. Like, I think Phillip Rivers, if he, if he can get a clean pocket and get a chance to look at the defense in 17 years, you're going to learn a little bit about a defense. I think he can deliver the ball if he has time. So it all depends on that. And it's I don't know if the offense for the Colts know what they are. Like, I'm not the defense is good. I'm not 100% sure if the offense knows what they are yet. They could be great, could be not. Yeah, statistically, the Colts are the number one defense in the league, right? Or they're definitely top five. Yeah, I think and going Phillip, into last week, Phillip Rivers comes from Ken Wis- Ken Wisdom's offense, where it's you know he's got the mind where you know you see the you see whatever coverage they're in, whatever formation, he gets that ball out super fast. But yeah, there there definitely has been some inconsistencies with your guys' offense. But our, I mean, our offense has done well, but last week our defense has been up and down, and they did really great last week against the Bears. So. It's, it'll be an interesting game. I think a lot of people are really – it's going to be a really good game to watch. It's a good Thursday night game. Which, it's a really good one. Yeah, I agree. Do you I'm know? glad it changed because it was originally supposed to be Titans-Jags. 
And then with all the COVID stuff, it got moved around and now it's tight. Oh, oh yeah, because you guys. Oh. Well, oh. yes, because of us. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I, there's something to be said about not practicing for 13 days straight. We didn't practice at all. <laughs> didn't even see the boys. Showed up and donkeyed out the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> They're, they're an unbelievable football team. Very I good. Think it was just like we. Li- I remember we went into that game and it was like, hey, f- hey, boys, we. I guess we're gonna find out. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we're gonna see how good we are. And then, dude, it was awesome. It was such a. It was like one of my favorite wins to be a part of. Uh, and I don't want to. I don't want to fight with Bills fans, man. I've done that once. I'm happy. Nah, I'm I'm all, they're very they're good. The best fans. <laughs> <laughs> they're terrified. They scared the shit out of me. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, all right, we got to figure it out. We'll figure it out on social what's going to happen. I can't get all my right, my good. first tattoo have to be with my wife, I think, because she's a big tattoo person as well. Perfect. So I'm saving well, I, my future. Well, I've said what I would do, but if you don't like that, obviously you don't. Just tweet me. Tweet the boys. <laughs> all right, dude. <laughs> <laughs> See you, man. Hey, so sorry to interrupt, but I want to let you know that. Uh, Nobody listening to this show is sleeping on Arby's. Not anymore. No way. The sandwiches are made fresh to order every day. They're brisket, slow roasted for 13 hours. Mm. I literally just got done eating two of them. Yep. Now I'm doing keto, uh, so I take the bread off, obviously. And Arby's is not out here saying like, hey, we are a keto-friendly thing or anything like that. But I take, I am in the middle of ketosis. So right. I take the bread off. I had smoked brisket bacon cheddar cheese on there and now that i'm learning that this brisket was roasted for 13 hours it makes sense because it is the greatest goddamn sandwich that you will ever taste in the fast food department well and credit to you because the onion bun whatever bun they're using i mean that's one of the best parts of the sandwich see so i'm not even experiencing that you're really not it is so goddamn good uh but they didn't stop there what's the best part about thanksgiving ty Turkey, leftovers. Bingo, leftovers. Arby said, you know what? We got this meat thing down pretty good. How about we change the game this Thanksgiving? No more having any of your dumbass friends burn the house down frying turkey. No, no. Arby's would like to introduce to you the deep fried turkey club. We're talking deep fried turkey breast. It tastes delicious. We're talking natural cheddar cheese. How you doing? Mm. Pepper bacon, what's going on? Lettuce, tomato, mayo on a toasted star top bun. Let's go. The deep fried Turkey Club is a fan favorite already, and we are in turkey season. The smoked brisket, I have smokehouse brisket. I have literally every single day. It is unbelievable. It makes no sense how good it is. And there was once a narrative that Arby's isn't great for some reason, mm-hmm. and that was coming from people, I think, who maybe didn't grow up in towns that had Arby's. And by the way, if you didn't grow, if you grew up in a town that didn't have Arby's, I already know enough about you. That's Don't right. need to hear it. That's exactly right. Don't need to hear it. You're probably... You're maybe a nice person, but I think more often than not, probably a douchebag. But I'll give everybody a shot. But there was a, a time where a lot of people were taking shots at Arby's. Mm-hmm. And I did not know that, by the way. No, I did not, not at all. Because I grew up in an Arby's town. So did I. So I had no idea that there were shots being taken by, you know, a certain group of people at Arby's. Let me tell you this. If you eat Arby's, you're, you should be proud that you eat Arby's. Absolutely. I mean, really, all that stuff is just propaganda. That's what you begin to learn. Oh, okay, propaganda against Arby's. And, you know, I live... In my own little world, I think we all know that now at this point. I've mm-hmm. never seen a Disney movie. I don't really know much about anything outside of the world that I'm in or whatever. Sure. I did not know that there was anybody saying anything negative about Arby's because I didn't even know it was possible. Me neither. So I'm very thankful for this Arby's partnership. Mm-hmm. And I'm very thankful that we, not just you and me, I'm talking about the people listening, can change the bullshit narrative that Arby's isn't the greatest fast food out there. It is. It's about time. 
the menu is so deep. So deep. So many items there. I mean, go over the appetizers, the mott sticks, everybody's talking about being absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. Potato cakes. Oh, my God. The potato cakes are next level. Curly's, loaded curlies. Oh, you put some cheese in there. I mean, and then the, the sandwiches, obviously, the roast beef is second to none. But then you go through the entire menu. There's a market fresh menu. There's mm-hmm. gyros, which are also called gyros. In most towns, I think, that would eat the gyros. And then there's there's so many. There's buffalo chicken. There's mm-hmm. Chicken, bacon, Swiss. There's so many things there. And then the desserts, next level as well. Mm-hmm. So I am very proud that I grew up on Arby's. And I think everybody else should be pumped that they eat Arby's as well because it is the greatest fast food out there. And anybody that's saying anything differently is either a massive douche or has never had Arby's in their entire life. Yep, those are the only two options. Get your deep fried turkey club today. Uh, and you can enter promo code MEATS, M-E-A-T-S, for free delivery on orders of $15 or more on DoorDash because Arby's can now be delivered to your door. Mm-hmm. That's MEATS as in we have the meats meats m-e-a-t-s for free delivery on orders of 15 dollars or more on doordash shout out to arby's we appreciate the hell out of you thank you for everything you've done for me my family my town my life and now that we're partners let's fucking go also by tonight at midnight mm-hmm. if you eat at arby's today use the hashtag arby's is great and you can win a one-of-a-kind custom meat sweatsuit that Zito has worn for the last week and a half autographed by everybody in the office. Uh, we'll pick one winner. Use the hashtag Arby's is great uh, with no apostrophes or anything mm-hmm. like that on either Twitter or Instagram. Take a picture of yourself eating and be proud that you eat Arby's because Arby's is great. great. I'm pumped about this one. I mean, I've I've worn it like a badge of honor for years now, and it's nice to be able to really kind of put that on on the front of the lapel finally. So, so people have been going back through my Twitter account mm-hmm. to see if I've ever talked about Arby's before. Go ahead and do it. Do it. I got receipts. <laughs> I, I am literally an Arby's guy, and I'm very thankful that a big-ass company like Arby's has come in and been like, hey, we want to do business with you. What do you want to do? Eh, whatever you want to do. You got it, Arby's. Let's go. They're so good, dude. Arby's is the best. So good. That... That brisket is stupid. I mean, it really doesn't make sense that it comes from a fast food chain. Huh. Anyways, back to the show. And a man to tell us whether or not we have been fair or balanced in his eyes or his friend's eyes. Joining us, the greatest football rules expert going from Fox, ladies and gentlemen, Mike Prayer. Where the hell are you right now? Where are you? I'm I'm on the strand in Manhattan Beach. Oh. I mean, uh, you know, I'm getting ready to go in to to be the rules analyst for the Titans and the uh, in the Colts tonight, and I'm just like chilling out, getting ready. That's from officiating that place that you're. At. Is that a <laughs> is that a home of yours, or are you staying in a hotel right now? No, no, I'm at a home on the strand. Oh, oh throw those flags, baby. <laughs> If, if, it, if, it, if this was being paid for by the officiating department, I'd be at the Holiday Inn Express. <laughs> I work for Fox now. I work for Fox, F-O-X. Which, by the way, I do think is problematic because all the networks, they hire up all the great refs. All of them. Now, I'm not saying that there isn't any new up-and-coming great refs, but whenever it feels like a ref is really like, 
you have a lot of trust and respect and like how they go about, uh, you know, the flow of games and communicating with players. Normally those ones gone. See you later. Yep. See you later. You gone. Uh, Steratore gone. Uh, Blandino gone. Get, it's just like everybody kind of gets plucked out of there. And it, it, I'll tell you what, the game suffers from it, but there is hopefully that next generation that can take over. Yeah, I, I listen. I think there is, but you're right. When you look at, I mean, when you look at Blandino and you look at me, hey, we were washed up anyways. But Macaulay <laughs> wasn't, and John Perry wasn't, and neither was Sterator. So you really took three of their best, um, you know. And then the networks, you know, saw this opportunities to do like they're doing with me at Fox, and you know, they jingled a little more cash out there than they were making as a um, as a referee. And then you know, are you fair and balanced? Yeah, you're balanced, all right? But the teeter totter's kind of going this oh, way. Come on, goodness gracious! No. So why would you take all that all that heat when you can come and live on the beach in uh, Manhattan Beach? <laughs> <laughs> it made a lot of sense to me whenever I started seeing all the decisions be made. And Paisan Steratore and I have a pretty hilarious conversation because we're both Western Pennsylvania people. And every time I went on the field, we had a good conversation. And I think. That type of thing is a trait about refs that people don't talk about is like how you handle yourselves on the field with the players and the communication and everything like that. And I would assume that takes some time to build that up. So do we need to be more patient with some refs that are absolutely awful, look like they're in over their head and that they should not be refing on Sundays? Or should we call it how it is and be like, hey, come on, this is the this is the this is the NFL now, let's get it going. Because there are some that are terrible. I love love that fair and balanced approach, right? <laughs> <laughs> Look at I said like this year this was the worst year ever for an official going in without any preparation, going in without any preseason, going in without any in-person clinic. Eleven brand new officials that had never worked a regular season NFL game before. And I, I did talk about needing to be patient and and I, I think for the most part, look, at there's always bad calls. If you put 130 veteran officials out there, there's going to be calls that are going to be missed. But I think overall, they haven't necessarily been the story. And some of the big plays that come up, like as I'm sure you're familiar with the Colts and the Ravens last oh. week, you know, those are a product of a bad rule, not a product of bad officiating. And, and I think that's another thing that we need to consider. Is it really the official or is it what we're trying to make them do under a rule which just doesn't make a lot of sense? So I, I'm obviously one of them. And so I preach for patience and um, probably always will. But I, on the other hand, just get a little fed up with the system. I get a little fed up with the rules and yeah. I get a little fed up with instant replay which I don't think has helped officiating in the long run. I think it's hurt officiating. All right, a couple things to digest there uh, and dissect. So don't kill the messenger is what you're saying, which I hope we all do take to heart with uh, some some rules they're making, like that turnover, because uh, the rules, you know, athletic move, a third step would be considered an athletic move, especially running backwards. Did he have control, though, while the thing was moving? I guess that's up to interpretation, but neither here nor there. Can we talk about the instant replay thing? Um, why did you watch the XFL at all? I, it was on Fox, so I'd assume you saw it a little bit. I think Blandino was the one talking. I'm not sure if it was you. But did you see the, X, uh, the Xbox? 
box controller with the transparency from the person that's reviewing it to the ref on the field. They don't have to sprint 80 yards to a tiny little television. They just got somebody in their ear looking out for them. The people get to hear why something happens. Don't you think like that should just be something that's instituted? It's efficient. Everybody knows why a call was made, and it puts a ref in a much better spot. It gives them a little bit of a cushion to make the inevitable mistake. And why won't the NFL do it, you think? Well, I mean, I think it's an interesting point because both the AAF, which was the year before the XFL, and the XFL had that transparency, and everybody loved it. I mean, they loved kind of going behind the curtain and and seeing who was making the decision, how he was making the decision. And, you know, that's another thing with the refs. You know, the replay decisions are being made in the NFL now in New York. And so when a replay decision is made that people don't agree with, who catches the heat? It's the actual official that catch the heat, um, even though they basically have very little to do with the decision. Hey, not here. I'd like to see not it. here. I'd like to see it more transparent. I would love to see it more transparent. And I think people would enjoy it more. You know, if you're in a stadium now, if you're in the stadium, you can actually watch the feed, that replay feed, that what the referee is looking at when he's looking this year under the hood you can watch it in the stadium but television we don't get that opportunity to do and i think it would be interesting and they should be transparent look you know replay i've always said is just another judgment it's another human judgment that is made so be a little clear kind of understand why and listen and and I, i i think it would be great i think it'd be great television i think it'd be great for the game mike i think you have a very heavy voice in this world i think what you just said there is awesome for the game thank you for saying that and uh you know it's nice to hear that the refs are also on board with that because i thought maybe the refs were the ones saying no we don't want that but it's nice to hear that the refs would be like yeah let's do that um how do you think and by the way i would like to let you know this show we don't blame the on-field ref no we want right alberta river on but we learned that that was not the right thing to do by the way from you, so you early take all, you take all your ire to cuba that's what you do <laughs> no, 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 we love cuba oh, we love say, cuba you, 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 say, say, you cuba. say alberto there's al river on again oh, <laughs> oh, no! we all heard it before mike uh, but I learned that I was wrong in judging Al because he was being held to a higher standard for the review for pass interference. So I have openly admitted numerous times that I was wrong all last year while burying that man for making mistakes. And I apologize. I mean, he's got thick skin. He's a ref. Tell him I apologize if you talk to him again. Have you felt as if the refs have done a good job this year? It feels like at the beginning of the season, a lot less calls. Everybody was loving it. I think you were even on the show. We're like, hey, we're loving this. A lot less calls. Now, granted, I don't know if offensive linemen or defensive linemen are loving it. I don't know if players are loving it. It seems like they've kind of picked up the totals of, of flags being called. But how do you feel they're doing? And the, aside from that turnover, what is the one you think that has been the biggest like kind of ripple effect in the NFL this year that a ref has done? Well, I mean – you know, to me, we're back to the catch, no catch situation, which I think is, again, taking it out of the hands of officiating and put it into replay. And and they look at, at a different standard, a different speed. They slow everything down. And trust me, if you can, if you slow things down, everything looks like a catch, even if the receiver only has an instance of uh, uh, just a flash of control, you can make it look like a catch. And so I, I don't like that. But overall, you know, listen, the number of penalties are still down, um, which I think is a good thing. The defensive linemen like it? No, because the offensive holding calls are way down. Does that mean that linemen are probably holding less? No, I don't think that. But the, the officials are trying to, like, 
not call it if it doesn't have a direct impact on the play. Smart. So I, I like it. I mean, I like it, and I think they've done a good job. And the number, I would say, the number of articles that I have read beating up officials this year is down from past. Hey, 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 hey. that's good news. I think that's a, a good thing. We're getting a lot of points, and 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 overall, you know, I think too that there's. There's bigger issues in the game right now. You know, when you talk about COVID and how the league is dealing with all that stuff and how are the officials dealing with that? They've had one or two that have tested positive and had to be um, replaced. And it's just a it's just a it's a tough season. And for what they're facing, I think through the first half of the season, they're doing a pretty damn good job that nobody thinks about the refs COVID protocols. What they, do they have to lock down in a city two days before to tell, like, what is like the, if they get tested for a Sunday game, they get tested at home on Thursday. And then when they get to their hotel, they're tested at the hotel. There's um, there's no, no meetings together. There's no meals together. They're all in obviously separate rooms. And then when they go to the stadium in separate vehicles, then they they can they got to go dress. They don't even dress together in the locker room. Hey, that's and then tough, they right? They have to wear masks on the field. I mean, it's like they got an electric electronic whistle, which you know is not very loud. So for kickers like you, you probably wouldn't hear it, and you'd go blow somebody up late. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 You know. Don't throw a flag. I couldn't hear that thing. <laughs> <laughs> So, but they, I think they, I think they, I mean, I think they have done pretty well. I agree with you. Tone, what do you got? Mike, friend of the show, uh, former Cleveland Browns GM, Michael Lombardi has, has told us stories about giving you calls. Pat has told stories about belief calling Dean Blandino. Do you have any favorite stories about people calling you to bitch about calls? Well, I think <laughs> you have about an hour. <laughs> uh, I, I think probably my, my favorite one was uh, Jim Mora when he was, excuse me, with the uh, Seahawks. Uh, he kind of kind of a bottle guy anyways. But, you know, I used to get calls from coaches on Mondays and, you know, and then and then as we got better communication, some came in like on, you know, Sunday night. But Mora capped them all because Mora was upset with a pass interference call and a replay decision in the first half of one of his games in Seattle at, at halftime. As I was with a piece of cold pizza, he called me and just railed on me about the pass interference call and the replay decision. And I'm like, no, coaches. You only got 12 minutes. You got a 12-minute break. And I said, Jim, don't you think you ought to go, like, make a couple adjustments? Uh, don't you team tell team me how to coach. 27 to 3, hey, and you're calling me oh my God. and yelling at me? That that probably was my favorite call. And we, when I see him, we always laugh about that. I bet you I bet you his reaction was, oh, don't you tell me how to coach, okay? You you just figure out how to tell your refs how to fix it. That is, oh, my God, I wish I could. I was, I was, it was easy for me to say, don't you think about don't why are you calling me why don't you focus more on some adjustments since you're down 27 to 3 i'd have never said that if i was in the same room with him but he was <laughs> and i was all the way in new york so i was basically safe ah oh, that's awesome good connor hey mike uh some guys come out of college like andrew luck Peyton Manning, and, and trevor lawrence seems to be one of these guys who you just know is going to be a guy for refereeing are there any guys in the pipeline that you just know are destined for a gold whistle or do you have to wait until they're actually on the field yeah what hockey league kid is doing something yeah yeah you know i've been i mean i've been gone now for basically 11 years and 
and I know that what they're doing in preparation for the referee to go to the referee possession uh, uh, position is better. Um, but to me, I, you know, I, I looked at there are certain guys that I looked at that when I saw in college, even if it wasn't in the referee position, I felt that they had it. John Perry being one of them. I love John. Um, I, I actually made John Perry a referee in NFL Europe when we just brought him had brought him uh, in from the Big Ten. And I knew it. I mean, I knew it. And, and here's a guy that worked three Super Bowls and to me knew how to communicate. He knew how to talk to coaches. And so I, I felt like that he was one of the best that um, that I brought in. But you're getting some some young guys like right now and, and uh, that, that we brought in that, that the league has brought in that I think are going to be good. I think they're going to be steady. And I I don't think I really look for superstars. I really don't. I really just want I want consistency in the referee position. I want the way they present the game to be consistent. I want their calls to be consistent. And um, and I, I think that's most important to me. But right now, I say in the referee position, we're pretty good. I'd like them to also turn off their uh, microphone when they blow their whistle. That would be something if we could look into that. That would be great. That's, that's a good one, though. I like blowing up the <laughs> <laughs> I, You get your attention really fast when you, when you do that. Uh, I'd like it. I like them to turn off their microphone when they already thought they had turned off their microphone. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We've yeah. heard some outlandish things that, that we get to hear, and maybe most people don't. But, um, yeah, there's been some outlandish things, even once I think about a coach's wife that went out. Hey, a little hot mic situation. Get... Very nice, by the way. Yeah, very nice, very nice, very nice, obviously. She's a coach's wife. She has to be an absolute saint. The um, couple things about your answer right there. Whenever you talk about John Perry, I'm a big John guy, by the way, big fan of it. He and I had hilarious verbal joust during games. I thought he spotted me like five yards short on a punt in the first quarter. And boy, third quarter, I go out for my second punt, and I had not forgotten about it. With John. And John and John came back at me, and I was like, oh, is that right, John? And then we had a field goal in the fourth quarter. Uh, Vinny Terry was kicking a pretty big kick, you know what I mean? And while Vinny's taking his steps, John walks by, and he said something along the lines of like it was a perfect spot or something. I'm like, oh, John, get the hell <laughs> <laughs> like I really like that. Couple follow-ups here. Um, whenever you talk about being a Super Bowl ref, him doing it three times, is that voted on by other refs? Is that voted on by the NFL? How do you go about getting that? Because there has been, and you don't have to name them, and I won't name them, but there's been a couple of refs who are notoriously terrible at officiating who have done Super Bowls before, and that's like their resume to get in things. Yeah. Well, listen. No, no, it's not voted on by their peers. It's voted on by their bosses basically the supervisor and the head of officiating but you know 90 90 percent of it maybe maybe i should say 85 percent of it is all based on their grades because they're Got graded it. for everything but more specifically they're graded about their calls calls that they make calls that they don't make that they should have and so if you reach a level if you reach a percentage of accuracy then it qualifies you to work for example in tier one a super bowl or championship game Tier two, a wild card or a division game. Tier three, it qualifies you to go home for the rest of the season. <laughs> so you, if you have a year, you may think it's somebody that doesn't handle a game particularly right but or doesn't seem smooth. But if he grades out to where he's on that top tier based on accuracy, then he's going to get in. I mean, he's going to get in. And, and I think that's the way it should be. And it's a clean slate every year. So 
the the thing is you could be tier one in uh, in 2020 and then next year you could have a start over again and end up to be tier three the so i think it's fair you put in some other things like test scores and fitness and some of that stuff into it too but i think the system is fair um the only thing i would say about the tiers is you know people say that they don't hold the people accountable they don't hold refs accountable uh yeah they do and like that tier three thing that tier three thing you can anybody can have a bad year and finish on the bottom tier but if it's like uh you finish two years on the tier three thing adios amigo you are gone and that's one reason why there was a substantial turnover this year new administration and walt anderson and perry fuel basically taken over along with some difficulties from last year and 11 new officials that's a huge number you know it's like a kicker you shank three in a row and yeah, you're gonna you know. be on the bench Walt, i don't know how Walt. you know you never kick. did that i don't know how walt gets that kick i don't know how it gets but we don't have to talk about it the uh walt and i have history too and it's not a good one like me and john the um <laughs> he actually pointed at me and said i'm calling it on one and then walked away and made the call and i'm like oh fuck you walt how about that the um the uh don't you think the that ref- was the only time i didn't downgrade him for saying something <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, don't you think refs should have a Pro Bowl vote? I do, personally. I, I think refs should have more of a say in the Pro Bowl vote than almost anybody. Because you guys literally get to be on the field, watch things happen. You get to watch how players handle themselves on the field, by the way. I believe that refs should have a say in the Pro Bowl voting if they want Pro Bowl to actually get it right every single time. Because I think that would be, you know, if you talk about bias and you talk about those types of things, if if uh you know you get um i don't, I don't care anyone alex kemp who said man i had uh I, I had i had a great quarterback i really loved jimmy garoppolo's year for example and then so i'm voting for garoppolo but then he didn't work um four or five of the other quarterbacks uh. in the league so i think that would be difficult plus i i'd hate to think that you know you'd vote for a quarterback and you'd vote for a tom brady and then people would find out and then they accuse you of favoring tom brady so mm. i'd like to smart the reps and and i think we're safe to say it's like what are we gonna do we're gonna have them vote for the best kicker you know i mean they're they're not they're not football they're not necessarily football people they don't know the x and o's and so okay. uh, as well as they probably should so that's one thing one thing I might disagree with you on. Not many things. I agree, Mike. Hey, that's why great brains here, pal. Great brains. And that is, by the way, completely debunked my theory that I've had for like five, ten years that refs should have a vote, by the way, because of usually my relationship with refs. I think I was always like, it feels like these refs know what the hell they're talking about. Because I'd get shit talked to me if it wasn't a good ball. And if it was a good ball, it was always like, ooh, while jogging by me, ooh, good one. You know, like it was like it was like always a very... That's why I talk about refs so much, because I think I've had so much interactions with them. What do you got, Ty? Mike, given that uh, there has been a lot of turnover with these refs and a lot of guys are finding themselves in that third tier, do you see a situation in the future or near future where we have another replacement ref situation? No, they just signed a new agreement. And uh, so they're they're good through, I think it's 2025. And, and, uh, and I think also that the league doesn't want to do that i mean they see what happens it was a disaster the last time it happened and you know i i I think that in my opinion uh what the officials gets a fair deal now i I think it's fair for what they do um i'd never argue if they 
if they if I felt like they deserved more, if they asked for more, when you look at what they make versus players make and all that kind of stuff. But I think it's a fair deal. And they listen, there's out of every one of those refs, there's not a one of them that don't love what they're doing. They love this. I mean, they they yeah, started appreciating in Pee Wee football just to maybe get this opportunity. And they don't want to be locked out and they don't want to go on strike. So hopefully Hopefully this will not happen again. And and I'll tell you, if if it does, I would have to say that it'll that'll be my last year at Fox because I don't want to go through that again. Oh, well, we hope that's not the case because we love you on television, man. Yeah, uh, but I want to spend more time here at the beach, you know. I mean, <laughs> maybe that's why I can't quit because because yeah. Fox is in the bill. For yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> well, you deserve it, by the way. I want to let you know that. And who's the crew tonight, and what should we expect here as we wrap up this conversation? That has been very. I think I saw um, Alex Kemp. I think is the referee, if I'm not mistaken. Um, mm. I haven't paid much attention because this week it was our charity foundation golf tournament for oh, our battlefields. Brad Allen. Here we go. Yeah. Badass man. We appreciate you enormously successful we provide scott we give scholarships to veterans and active service members to become officials in their community here we um, go yeah. so I, I focused on that and uh, and basically we had it monday and it was a lot of work but it was tremendously successful with a great group of people that showed up and um so I, i'll kind of get ready I, i'm gonna actually to prepare for tonight i'm gonna pull out the rule book I'm going to get my beach chair and I'm going to go out into the beach and I'll do a little studying on the beach. Yeah, like the Bible, you know, you just open up. <laughs> Today we're reading Pass Interference Clause 4. Please turn your Bibles. Blah, 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 blah. That's awesome. Uh, we appreciate it's you, Mike. That's ability here. <laughs> Mike Pereira. Yeah, Mike. Joining us now, probably man feels the exact same way. Play by play commentator. For Monday Night Football, formerly uh, Sports Center, uh, he also calls the Bahama Bowl. I believe every single year, he's the official voice of that. He was in the XFL. Uh, I think at one point he was potentially writing scripts for people at ESPN or something like that. Feels like this guy has been at ESPN throughout most of our lives, ladies and gentlemen. Steve Lee. fellas doing hey we're great especially after we just heard that tiger woods is three under through seven almost just dunked one at 16 i mean we good things are happening yeah. at the masters already pretty yes. early very good for all the golf people out there yes are you a golf person you know what not really no. <laughs> i know it's weird and uh it's like the i'm like the only guy who's not right i love no. all sports i was never bitten by the bug and if you watch, you know, all those years of sports center, but right? If you watch closely, I've never done any of the golf highlights. Oh. Gross, Anderson, Van Pelt, Kenny Maine. I've always sort of pushed golf and tennis. You know, I joke, hey, no country club sports. <laughs> I'm, I'm a stick and ball kind of guy. And uh, yeah, it's just, it was just never my thing. I appreciate it. I'd like to go to the Masters one day and check it out as the event but yeah just on my thing uh to be completely transparent i opened the show with saying that i completely forgot that the masters were even happening this morning until last night i was watching scott van pelt and they put him in a closet down in augusta to do sports center from right. and it was i i learned as much as i possibly could from svp and right. who's the old guy peter northstead yeah andy north, andy north <laughs> the, they had an entire 
You all right, Steve? Take it easy, pal. They, they had like a 30-minute run there where I learned everything. I, and I completely forgot it happened. It's November, okay? We're football uh, humans. This is just kind of the way this thing goes. But Tiger's in it, so that means everybody's in it, including Steve Levy, I would assume. But let's talk about the football world. Uh, when you got the Monday Night Football gig, I was so happy for you. Like, genuine, legitimate happiness for you. Uh, because how long have you been in ESPN? In my 28th year. So what did you start out doing 28 years ago? So back in the day, there was no like, there was no ESPN2 even. There was no ESPN radio. There was, you know, no dot com. It was only sports center. And so uh, back in those days, there was no, you know, sit around six months and watch everybody. I did the uh, 2 a.m. sports center oh, uh, right away, like two days. In. Now, so there's no L.A., obviously. So we are live in Bristol, 2.30 a.m., Five nights a week for a half hour. And, Pat, here's the kicker. We got – sorry about that. Didn't mean that. You know, here's the kicker. Uh, <laughs> pretty good, pretty good. We pretty got good. every single sport in. We got it, we got every Major League Baseball score in, regardless of how bad the game was, in a 30-minute show. And now, you know, we do 90 minutes on Sunday and we get half the games in because there's, you know, all the newsmakers, there's commercials and, and long-form interviews and those kinds of things. But, yeah, 2.30 a.m. Eastern – Welcome to Bristol, Connecticut, straight from New York City. That was uh, that was quite an adjustment. That's yeah, awesome. Did, by, by the way, getting a chance to get on the air there immediately, and your yeah. personality, I assume, carried you well. Did you enjoy the transition that sports coverage took? Because what you just said there, it sounded like you guys were basically just a news report, like, hey, uh, this happened, this happened, this many hits, this. Now the E, entertainment, right, is of yeah. ESPN. It feels like that is a much larger role. You said 90 minutes, you covered half the things. You see some shows where only covering two things last night scott yeah. van pelt literally was just the masters the entire show yeah. so it, it feels like have you enjoyed the evolution of espn and what it has done both entertainment wise and sports wise or is there a part of you that's like hey back whenever we were just rattling them off there was a place for that as well you know back in the day we were like straight down the middle right we were independent journalists no favoritism and now i think really the beauty and this might have changed 10 or 12 years ago they kind of let us encourage us to be sort of fans, you know, fans of our own team, wherever we grew up, whatever college we went to, it's okay to show favoritism and have a good time and sort of allow us to express, you know, more of our personalities. So uh, it's definitely been an adjustment. And, um, you know, that's something in the studio, right? I'm still not bringing out my favoritism or showing my, my fanboyness say when we're doing the broadcast no 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 of course not (laughs) no of course not can you see this giant jet stadium yeah yeah your team stinks though so you really can't (laughs) puke you know what i mean hey i did i did the zoom with belichick from this very seat and i took it down (laughs) smart smart how was that wait i've never been privy to a single conversation of belichick i've never heard him actually do a convo whenever i see mic'd up clips of him i always watch it because i feel like it's or to do your job it's like the only time i get to learn about him as a human because i know his press conferences that's not him he's just i'm doing this because i have to he's marshawn lynch before marshawn lynch was marshawn lynch (laughs) you know he's like hey i'm just here so i don't get fined basically is what bill belichick legend marshawn lynch legend so anytime i get a chance like hear how a conversation goes i'm always so intrigued by it because he's the greatest of all time those zoom calls that you have with him i assume he's telling you nothing or is there a little bit of a give and take in that whole thing uh he's telling us nothing but longer you know what i mean like in press conferences he, you know he shuts people down one word two word answers and and, and i get all that so uh, i thought bill was actually very fair with us 
Um, again, you know, full sentences, uh, certainly a paragraph for Greasy and Riddick, and uh, a couple of sentences for me anyway. But he was great, and, um, you know, I definitely learned some things. What I really want to do is I really like to have a beer with Bill Belichick. I've heard so many times that if you can get him at, like, a social event out and about, he's just so relaxed and so enjoyable and funny to be around. I would just, I would just love to see that side of him. Hey, don't you own a bar? I'm a very small minority owner of a sports bar in Boston. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Sorry about Steve. You guys watch yeah. golf in there? Uh, we watch everything. I'm sure I used to. Uh, shout out the greatest bar, which is a really spitting distance from TD Garden. I mean, it's right across the street. Feel free to stop by if, if the Celtics and Bruins. Come back again. Hey, good promo there. And if bars yeah. come back again, which oh, it doesn't seem like potentially soon that's going to happen. Oh, yeah. Let's. Um, how's it been getting to call Monday Night Football? Like you, twenty-eight years. Everybody yeah. in ESPN holds Monday Night Football in such high regard. Obviously, when you get the job, I started off this whole conversation. I want to take a little trip with you there about how genuinely happy I was. I really was because I've been a fan for so long. Because. Normally when you're on, I'm still up, right? Like I, so I know, I, I knew a lot about you and yeah. your personality and the fact that you just said, you know, I'm a stick and ball guy, not the country club guy. I think that has resonated with a lot of people. So getting you, uh, your opportunity to get into the Monday Night Football booth, how has it been as opposed to what you thought going in? And is there that whole, like, do you read or can you not keep up with anything that's being said about you, whether it's bad or good? So first of all, uh, let me say thank you, uh, Pat. You were, you know, you were tremendous uh, privately and on, on social media too. I appreciate the text note and all that stuff. Uh, it obviously meant a lot to me. It's just something you don't you don't see coming, right? There's there's one chair, right? There's one chair of Monday Night Football, like we do. You know, 15 college football games every week. There's only one seat at ESPN uh, for the NFL. So the odds on that, you just you really don't see that coming. You certainly never expect it. And so when it finally did come, I was uh, just over the moon. And, you know, it's like getting called up to the big leagues, right? In baseball, you see in all the movies, just to tell my parents, I'm so lucky they're still with me, and uh, tell my sister, and then to have the moment with my kids, who my boys are huge football fans. And uh, the only, you know, the only drawback was they said I wasn't be able to watch Monday Night Football with them. Uh, I said, hey, give me a couple of years. Maybe I can take you with me to the games. But I watch Thursday Night Football with them now. So, oh, so nice. Uh, so that, that's worked out. But uh, the job itself, listen, we are a work in progress. You know, I'd say the whole show is, but really specifically myself. Uh, I think I'm getting more comfortable every week. I'm still really excited to be in that spot. Uh, I'm not going to defend that to anyone. That's how I really feel. I am genuinely enthusiastic about everything I do, but especially an all-time uh, dream job. So, and so, I'll use some of the stuff. Listen, I, I'm not one of those who say, hey, I don't see Twitter. I see a lot of it. But listen, I cancel out, hey, Steve, you're great, and hey, Steve, you suck. You know what I mean? Yeah, you have to. I eliminate that, right? That's, you know, that's, let's, let's say that's 50-50. That's fine. Uh, some of the criticism uh, can be constructive and can be helpful. You know, hey, you're, you're too much on this. You need more on this. You're too high on a second and four running play. Nobody cares. I love the tidbit about um, uh, about the kid from Division Two Bemidji State making it into the NFL. So, so some of that is constructive, and that that comes from fans sometimes too. So, I, I think there's real value in that. Uh, I am regular guy. I do take this stuff seriously. 
and I want to get better every single week, and I, I think we're making some progress. I think so, too. Uh, and that was, by the way, very transparent of you to answer the way you did, and I'm thankful that you did. Let's talk about a little bit of it, because I heard you say the second and four, not as excited, and you say you're an excitable guy and you enjoyed it. Do you ever worry, though, that maybe the thoughts of a few that are being stressed on social media could potentially be changing what makes you you? And also, uh, in the game, what do you think you're getting better at? Like, what what is some real changes you think that, like, the crews? Because I think you guys are getting better as well as an entire crew, not just you, by the way. It's an entire team thing. And you have no fans in the stands. So, like, it's a very, it's a dynamic, weird year to even get your first start with that crew. But what are some of the changes? And do you ever think, like, oh, this is just, like, 100 assholes when we got, I don't know, 3 million people or 2 million people watching that's such a small sample size you know what i mean like how do you balance that out yeah so the criticism that i do take and accept and think hey you know what maybe there's something to that then i'll watch the game back and i'll watch the spot back and i'll either agree or disagree with said criticism and if i agree with it then you know then i'll fix it so um you know one of my strengths and this i think this sounds weird but one of my strengths i think as as a play-by-play guy is I think I speak a lot less than most play-by-play guys, generally speaking. Mm -hmm. Now, some of that also has to do, I have two analysts, right? We're a three-man booth. Uh, Maybe there's there's one other three-man booth in all of the NFL. So so that plays a role. And especially, like, the layout was my strength, right? Therefore, a guy who doesn't speak as much, you lay out, you let the crowd roar on third <laughs> down or after a big score. Now, of course, there is no crowd. You know? <laughs> so they like, took away one of my strengths already, you know? Um, but so it, it's worked out. I got, I got a lot of voices in my head quite often, but especially on game day, uh, we're getting a lot of help. And uh, the curated audio that I think you guys hear at home, like, honestly, for the Jets game, and I, I tried to make this point, you could hear the crowd doing the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets thing. And I'm looking around, and there's nobody in the stadium. So that's just so bizarre. So um, my strength also, besides not speaking so much, is, Pat, and I mean this, this is the honest God truth, like, I know what I don't know, right? Like, yeah. I, I know my strengths and weaknesses. And in Greasy and Riddick, I've, I really have two of the most cerebral football minds, and their football IQ is off the charts. And so I'm much more like the guy at home on the couch who just happens to be sitting next to him. That's kind of my philosophy for the whole thing. Uh, The thought of you being incredible at being able to read a room right which is the crowd thing laying off for the crowd yeah. you being yeah. like that being one of your main strengths and be like all right congrats dude 28 years you got monday night football also yeah. hey, your ability to read a room and everything like that yeah just go ahead and take that one out you know? <laughs> make you play left-handed that's very interesting i never even really thought about that but whenever you do you know describe your style there that's an immediate thought is there's probably a moment where the crowd can tell the story a lot better than any human can and now you just kind of gotta you gotta deal with it but hey everybody's doing it steve okay so get over it get over it steve that's that's what we always have to think that's a you know that's always the where everybody has to do it it's like okay all right but not everybody reads the room like me so why don't you get off my ass like 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 my team has a lot of injuries really doesn't every team have a lot of injuries what are we talking about yeah um what, what game, the first game, you guys went on second after Herbie and Fowler. 
What was no. the what was the nerves going into that, or were you excited? Like, what was the thoughts going into that as they're counting down, right? Because in your head, you got to count down so live, right? So now that I've called a couple games, all right, and it's yeah. very much much smaller sample size, but there's always a lot of conversation, right? There's always a lot of communication, information being changed. Yeah. Like, this lighting's happening. This lighting's happening. And then there's a moment, like ten seconds before you go live, where everything is quiet. Everything is completely quiet, except for the person that's counting it down. Adam Amin used to, at that exact moment, Adam Amin would look at me and Hasselbeck and give me like a fist bump. And he was like, almost like, hey, like it's game time right now. And I'll be like, oh yeah, shit, we're about to do this. (laughs) We are about to go live or whatever. What were your moment, what were your thoughts in that moment of quiet while they're counting you into the first Monday night football game of your life? So I got lucky. We did the same game last year, right? We got the second game of the first week last year. So that was really my first case of it. And Honestly, Pat, because where I grew up, I I am so more well-versed in the NFL than I am in college football. Growing up in New York and the Northeast and all that, uh, I thought I was going to be much more nervous than I was. And, look, I was so over-the-top prepared for the game last year. It was Oakland and Denver. We spent a week out at Raiders camp, a week in Broncos camp. Greasy and I do the Broncos preseason games. So I was really in a position to, to be successful. But the story is they played the billboards. It was Tim Corrigan, who was our producer. I don't know if you got to work with Timmy or not. And um, no. the music comes in, and he's in my ear. Okay, go, Steve. You know, that kind of thing. And I'm like, nope, nope, nope. And he goes, Steve, like, now he's concerned that I can't hear him. There's something wrong with my headset. Greasy is giving me an elbow in the ribs. Go. And I'm like, no, nope, no, nope, I got this. I want to hear the music. And then I want to hear my voice come over that music and that was my Monday night football moment and listen I I know people talk about I can't explain it the music is so iconic someone who grew up watching it when I did in that era it still resonates and uh, yeah that was that was my real moment you're only the ninth play-by-play guy in the 50-year history of Monday night football that's pretty 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 cool Connor what do you got Uh, Steve you've been in sports for so long and obviously seeing guys on TV is much different than seeing them in person has there ever been an athlete that you've seen that's like wow seeing them on TV doesn't do him justice and also thank you for being an owner of the greatest bar it was one of the only bars in Boston that accepted my fake idea in high school There you go. Thank you. The greatest bar. Yeah. The greatest, the greatest, bar. greatest bar. Thank you. We, we used to own a bar called The Place. Uh, you probably went in there in junior high school. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, you remember that one, too? I think yeah. they sold booze uh, out the back. You know, I'm impressed by people, right? Like, we see them as athletes, and then you get to meet them. Like, Larry Fitzgerald, you know? Like, he's one of those guys. I'm, I'm so impressed when guys turn out to be, like, superstar players turn out to be superstar people. I go back to hockey, too. Like, Wayne Gretzky doing some of his games, and uh, we show up in the building. The Kings had played the night before, and the, the team isn't even there for the morning skate, and Gretzky is in the trainer's room. The only guy who wouldn't have to show up until 15 minutes before the game He's the first guy in the building. And the other cool story on Gretz is till the very end of his career, he had a roommate. Can you imagine that? A roommate no. on the road. Like in baseball, no. it's part of their union. A rookie gets his own room and probably a suite. 
Smart. And Wayne Gretzky is last year in the NHL. He still had a two two double beds and had a roommate on the road. So. Yeah, that's that's why Mary Lemieux is the greatest hockey player of all time. <laughs> <laughs> that right there is yeah. the only reason. Uh, next Love game, who do you have? You have somebody playing the Bears. Vikings. Vikings, Vikings playing the Bears uh, on Monday. Has preparation already began? When do those Zoom calls happen? Do you guys watch film together, all three of you? Like, how do you guys operate whenever you're you're separated from each other? So normally we would, man. We would absolutely go to the facility and watch uh, and watch film, but everything's on Zoom now. We start pretty much as a team preparing on Wednesday. The week goes so quickly from Monday night; it's really amazing, right? Because we travel home on Tuesday, and, you know, go grab the kids and, and be a dad and be a regular guy. And then on Wednesday, we've already started to formulate some thoughts. We all do a, a sort of a, a Zoom with six or seven of us to go over the, the past game, look at some tape. And then think about some ideas. And then earlier this morning, we just got off of Zoom, I don't know, 50, 60 people, all of our production team uh, laying out the elements for the upcoming week. So it's kind of, you kind of cycle through it, kind of never ends. You know, uh, no days off, as I like to say. And um, uh, even on the plane back, man, we're watching we're watching the previous week's game. But it's a, it's a great process. It's a great flow. I just I miss being around my team. That's yeah. the that's the real beauty of, of, of football and probably the sports. You're traveling with a team every week and you're a crew and you hang together and you're friends. No, not the case. No, no, yeah, I agree with you because we literally just heard Aaron the other day talk about how they can't eat at the same lunch table and in the locker room they can't talk, and that's a massive right. part of coming together. It's like that is a right. huge part of a team coming together. You guys are a brand new team. Haven't really. You don't think about that. Like you, you don't. The refs. Mike Pereira was like, these refs yeah. don't get to talk to each other before the game. Like all these other things that are kind of you know live in the football world. We're thinking about just the football itself. That has probably been a little bit of a chemistry uh, you know, fuckery a little bit as well. I would assume in the entire thing. It's a factor, and I heard Pereira, and, and thanks for him shouting out John Parry because you know, great dude. Uh, so so Greasy Riddick, myself, Lisa Salters. And John Parry and our producer and director, Phil Dean and Jimmy Platt, we have not been in the same room a single time, and we are headed into week 10. So, I um, mean, so that is... You guys suck! <laughs> hey, you need to call a game back! I'm sick of this! Let us go, go in the same car to the stadium together. Can you Bro, imagine that? It's second and four. This guy needs to stop. Like, you have no chance of having Kelly. No, I hope so. We're playing with the car. But you said it before, man. Everybody's dealing with hey, the same thing. Hey, everybody, everybody's playing with it. What do you got, Ty? Steve, working at ESPN for as long as you have, obviously you've got to work with some really talented people, but was there one co-anchor you had on SportsCenter where it seemed like every time you were with him, it's like, okay, this guy really allows me to throw the fastball? So I love all the guys. I give you my two favorites, and they're and they're my favorites for all the wrong reasons. Okay, <laughs> we got a lot of talented guys. I got to work with uh, Gary Miller. Remember Gary Miller? The answer is no, Steve. But oh, it's yeah, yeah. Was anybody? It sounds like we should. By the way, <laughs> we call we called him Meat. His nickname oh, was Meat. Oh, oh, meat. Meat. Oh, meat. Uh, yeah. Whenever there was a play at the plate, that was his call. He is Meat. You know, at home plate. Oh yeah, 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 the other yeah. Guy mm-hmm. was, uh, that's the other, yeah. The other guy was Bill Pito. Tell me, you guys have heard of him, the judge, Bill Pito? Yeah. Oh, Bill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bill Pito. Oh yeah, yeah. He's at MSG now. Anyway, those were two guys who kept me loose in commercial. We had the best time in commercial breaks. Man, um, just so much fun to be around. But I, I've been blessed. Listen, I, I broke in with Keith and Dan. You know what I mean? In that era, 
I wanted to be them, and when one of them would be sick or out for some reason, I'd get to fill in with the other. Uh, that's the, the case with the all-time great Levy blooper, I, perhaps you're familiar with. Dan was out sick. I worked with Keith, and we had the whole bulging incident. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, so I've been lucky <laughs> to be around those guys. Yeah, yeah. It was awesome, by the way. I don't want to say you should do more of that, but <laughs> it was awesome. And by the way, with those two guys, Meat and uh, Mr. Pudo there, you, Pito, guys, Pito, yeah. you guys you guys had great commercial breaks. I think that was the thing that was talked about you guys. If you guys would have done that on the air, I think we all very quickly would have been like, oh, Meat, we remember Meat. Awesome. Meat Miller. That's very, very fair, yeah. <laughs> very fair. Uh, Tone, what do you got? Steve, uh, you were talking about preparing for the game already. How much acid does the person who comes up with those cartoons you guys play oh every game? How much, do they, how much acid do they do, and when do they do that? Those things are awesome, dude. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how they get to that point, but when you hear me giggling on the air, reading the card they put in front of me, I mean that is that is genuine. Like we can't wait to see it, and I know I get a glimpse out of it usually on Sunday morning. I get the first look at it. We'll play a little bit with the. Uh, the copy itself, but uh, shout out to Aces Joe Acardino from our crew. He gets a, a lot of the credit for that, and they're going to kill me because I can't think of the animator's name. Oh, no. But he's never on the call. He's so does Steve, oh, does I'll, Steve I'll, I'll, not I'll care about the team? He hates oh. animators. Oh, my God. No wow. team Steve. They're good people. I can't think of the guy's name. <laughs> Yeah. He's just animator to you, huh? Oh wow, just Animate some animator one. that's living in his in his bedroom animating for fifteen hours a day straight, Steve. then going to sleep and getting it barely done at the end for one for one thirty second clip a week. But very, very memorable, and I should remember his name. It's so memorable. I will tweet it out. I will tweet it to you guys. Thank and, you. Uh, maybe you can give him some love later. On. Yeah, there'll be an update. We are a big live yeah. update show. Mm -hmm. yep. I remember those things are awesome. Nick, what do you got? Steve, you used to call a lot of hockey games when ESPN had the rights. There's rumors now they might get back in the mix when the NHL's rights are up. Is that something you'd want to do again, kind of double dip and be Monday Night Football and be a voice of the NHL again? Hey, man, I, I mean, that sounds like a pretty good year to me. Uh, you know, uh, I don't think I could do it during the NFL season. I'm not sure how that would work, maybe, but certainly could dive in, make myself very available for the home stretch in March, right through the Stanley Cup final. Me and my buddy Barry Melrose. Uh, that would be awesome. Those, you know, those were my two loves growing up, hockey and the NFL. And, and people always sort of, you know, that was one of the things when I got the Monday night cake, you're like, hey, he's a hockey guy, you know. And I fought that with college football, he's a sports center guy. But uh, the hockey thing was the same thing. It was inventory. We had a lot of hockey games at the time. So, but those are my two loves growing up. But let me see some stick handling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We have, you know, hold on, we have that footage. I have done that here. Uh -huh. oh, those are Canada dips, by the way. Uh, tobacco uh, list pouches that you can replace your <laughs> chewing habit with. Uh, Canada dips CBD. That uh, I just, I just broke the, I just broke the yeah. tin there. Because, Heck of a slap shot. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you ever need a guy, you know, I mean. There was a chance I was potentially going to be a third man in a booth for you for XFL, and then all of a sudden I got demoted to field for the second team. But if you need yeah. somebody, if you need somebody in the hockey world, pal, I got dangles, sticky mitts, you name it, and also a lot of hockey knowledge, pal. What do you know about Ron Francis? Ooh.
Plus, it sounds like you and Mario are tight, so you could get Mario mm -hmm. involved, too. Mm -hmm. Bingo. You get it. Bingo. Yarmer. Hey, I'll call him out as Czechoslovakia or wherever the hell he's at wearing his Wranglers. I'll get his ass over <laughs> here. Uh, he might still be playing Yager, you know? He, oh, he yeah. is, actually. Mm -hmm. It's just like uh, the tax-free stuff over there. He's just <laughs> raking in money. Steve, we can't thank you enough for joining us, man. You were here for like 30 minutes. You didn't have to do that, obviously. We appreciate you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your support, Pat. You and your crew, you've always been great to me. And... Uh, and you keep up the fireworks. Stay healthy, fellas. Hey, you, you too, too, man. And and I respect the fact that you're like, hey, if you're going to criticize us, let's make sure it's fair. Let's make sure it's maybe constructive so we can get better. And also, if we're doing well, make sure you're putting that out there as well. <laughs> that's that's a good call. Three phases of the game, bro. Three phases. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Steve Lee. Yeah! yeah! Speaking of genuine guys, joining us now, uh, AJ Hawk, dude. Wow! What? Right. Oh, what a shirt. What a okay. shirt. All right. Oh, okay. Sweet shirt. What is it? Happy oh. Thursday. <laughs> Happy Thursday. Classic Thursday. Happy Thursday. Steve Levy is a good dude. I, I, I saw some of that. Steve Levy, seen, he comes across as just a great human being. Oh, What's yeah. going on with your shirt, dude? What's going on, dude? Oh, yeah. I thought we had discussed this or whatever. I'm going to keep an eye on these YouTube viewers. Mm -hmm. That's the anniversary that's not happening, right? Oh, you suck. Oh, oh, my. Fuck you, dude. What do what you? What, what, you all right, Ty? What just happened? I think I missed something. I was checking out YouTube as it was collapsing because we're talking about something. What, what, what are you so mad about? What happened, dude? Yeah, today is the anniversary of when Buzz Aldrin went up. And we finally realized, hey, guess what? The astronauts, they can work in space. Yeah! Outside of the spacecraft. Wow. Hey, man. Gemini. Gemini, America. Dude. This paved the way for us going to the moon. Hell yeah. step forward for us. To the moon. Yeah. Not you two. No, no, Don't no, you no, fucking no. dare. No, not no, you two. You no. know what? Actually, it's okay. I hope Buzz Aldrin is watching not this me. right yeah. now. Yeah. And he comes down and smacks both of you in the fucking <laughs> mouth. Like, get that guy <laughs> a Good luck, ago. old man. No, 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 no. I am not a part of that crew. Okay, that you good. You just trying just, to paint me in. Just making sure, because I know this son of a bitch over here is, he never lets me hear the end of it. <laughs> Diggs does seem to be Ooh. firmly entrenched on the fact that we did not go to the moon. And we or did. ever again. Oh. oh. Oh, Decided, hey, it's fucking awesome up here. Let's never go back. Uh, I hope Buzz gets you. AJ, that's what you that's what you did. You wore that shirt Jeez. on purpose to start that. I know you did. I know it. I mean, it's a shirt. Where it, it's JFK where, on a unicorn on, where, where is it? Somewhere in space on the moon, I guess, obviously. So what are you guys, you're worried this is something to do with conspiracies, right? Is no, listen, right? don't oh, even try oh, to oh, try oh, it. with Bill Gates yesterday, you and now you're walking down the same road. Can't Stop. do it, dude. Can't do it, man. Stop attacking great humans, man. Connor's going after Bill Gates. He's trying to get a vaccine for the world to save True. everybody. You guys oh, my God. Everybody. What is the deal with this? You hey, think I'm going You need to stop, please. you. All right, you too. No, Bill Gates donated $63 billion to this planet. I would never go after that man. Smart. What do you do? Just dump it into the... Yeah, it's that uh, Bezos did too. They got a big hole. They just put it in the uh, into the uh, planet. It fixes like, it. You know that island of plastic. There's also just like an island of money that is also floating right next to it. That Can't that's where it. all that money goes to. Yeah. What does that go to? Does that go to scientists that like research whether or not the world is pipes and stuff? Pipes? I don't think it goes to pipes. Irrigation for deserts. Mm -hmm. Plumbing. Yeah, good plumbing. Mm -hmm. yeah. I assume right. pipes are coming out. Like I would assume mm -hmm. that they're trying not to have. Well, no, they're biodegradable pipes. Anyway, sports show. Colts, Titans oh, yeah. tonight. Um, 
Colts are favored by one. I don't know if they're still favored by one. I know they started the day favored by one. I, I don't. This is a game that's going to be very difficult for me to pick, not because of my allegiance to the Indianapolis Colts and uh, my my fanhood of the Nashville uh, Tennessee Titans squad down there, uh, Nashville City as well. So I, I don't know how to feel here uh, about this thing, but this feels like a game that the Colts could definitely lose, and this feels like a game that the Titans, who have been very inconsistent as well, could lose. How do you see the night going, and are you excited for this? This is a real-life good matchup coming out on a Thursday. Well, this is a good like physical matchup that should be fun to watch. Don't you think Tennessee is going to try to – they're going to have to ride Derrick Henry. I mean, yeah. That's uh, what everyone uh, assumes they're going to do. But I'm, I'm a little bit surprised that the Titans are underdogs in their own place. I understand like it's not a normal home field advantage deal, but still, short week and you're underdogs? Hold on. Uh, no, they are, but that's not, how it, that's not how it opened. They opened as favorites, and then the betting market made them the dogs. At Tone Diggs, uh, what does that mean? Does that mean some big uh, professional gambler potentially made a bet that made the books go, oh, wait, are we seeing it wrong? Why is that, you think? It is, it is weird because uh, the Colts opened as two-point dogs, now they're the one-point favorite, even though all of the money is coming in on the Tennessee Titans. Uh, so in that situation, it's called a reverse line move. Uh, and you look to maybe take the Colts in that situation. Huh, okay. Reverse line move. All right. A little reverse line moves going on here tonight. And uh, I'll tell you what, Vegas is up in arms about what's going to go mm-hmm. down. Yeah, I mean, they the really money's are. on this side, but we're moving it that way. It's kind of a, a dodge duck dip dive and dodge situation if you're one of those good sports gamblers so that the the sports books who set the lines don't know where you're going uh because it's a consummate game between the sports books and obviously a lot more people are getting involved in this but the big ones the sharp gamblers that game is always happening throughout the week and that's why you see lines move now granted injuries also get affected into that but there is a joust at a very high level for a lot of money happening on who's going to do what and pick what that's interesting because i don't know how to pick it but if if all the big smart people that gamble all the time pick it out I'll, I'll hammer the home team if i got to no problem at all yeah according to this website here that i always follow and it's normally pretty correct uh the colts have the sharp action tonight okay Ooh. hey the shop's been doing this a long Whoa. time we've been making money in this game a long time this is how i win <laughs> at gumpy he was not a sharp at gumpy what do you uh what do you got on this game tonight home dogs in divisional games 12 and 2 against the spread <laughs> Primetime dogs, 20 and 9 against the spread this year. So, so Gumpy's nukes would say that we hammer the Titans yeah. tonight. Oh, yeah. But, but the smart Italians who have been making money for a long time, they're saying hammer the Colts with this reverse line move. This is a, a classic. How do you feel? How do you feel? Which that, way do you want to go? That would be what Lombardi would call the sharp provolone. There oh, jeez. Oh, whoa, whoa. Provolone have holes? Yeah. Does yeah, it? Like Swiss cheese. Does it really? Yeah, I yeah. believe so. It's good, too. I don't. I think I remember. Provolone, no, it I doesn't. I just bought provolone last night. It does not have holes. I, by the way, no, I was getting... Not. I was getting... <laughs> by the way, not. I almost yeah. lost it. I was like, my Italian friends, two of which that are in here, are going to be very pissed off at me if I don't know that it's, provolone does, does not, not have holes. It does not. Yeah, because I just thought of those big sticks of fucking cheese. I yeah. mean... That is something that's so you hung out with zero Italian people. You you legitimately were like, nah, I'm, I'll stay away. That's wild. Yeah, well, yeah. we made fun well, of them for the cheese they eat. But uh, yeah. Gumpy too. He's he is the captain of my arsenal. So if he says that's provolone, I'm going provolone. In Canada, it has holes in it. Oh, of course, oh, of course. Government cheese up there. Has anything you just heard, AJ, changed your mind about what how you're gonna how you would bet tonight or pick tonight after?
after the the Canadian Italian cheese that got a hole in it like it's Switzerland? What do you want to talk about? Well, I'm probably gonna have to. I'm gonna need Zeke to send me a clip of this because I'm gonna have to digest all that great info that I <laughs> you got. Honestly, uh, uh, help me pick a, a winner here tonight. But ultimately, I think it comes down to Phil Rivers. How does Phil play? They can't. The Titans don't get a whole lot of pressure on opposing quarterbacks. I know Jeffrey Simmons is a monster inside for them, though. Maybe he makes Phil. He makes Phil kind of just feel uncomfortable in the pocket, and maybe uh, the Titans come up with a, with a couple key interceptions. So they don't get a lot of pressure on the quarterback? Oh, yeah, because Davion Clowney, everybody's been going after him because he hasn't got as many sacks or whatever, but he's a game disruptor in different fashions, which I think has always been his thing. That's why the stats couldn't always go with what he was demanding because he felt if you watch the film, he changed games in different fashions other than just getting sacks and all that stuff. But who knows if he's playing how everybody thinks he should be playing this year. I don't think I've watched close enough, but if Phillip Rivers has a chance to – Stand around. Colts have a chance. Like Colts have a real chance, especially with a really good defense. Really good defense. Ty's back. Ty is back. Ty's playing. Ty yeah. dominates on Thursday nights. You could probably look up those stats. He has big Thursday night games. That's what Ty does. Uh, what do you got, Diggs? Tennessee is number thirty in the league in sack percentage. So, oh, Tony's oh. been a little hurt. Oh, so I like the Colts. I like the Colts even more now because mm-hmm. Phil. People are saying he's inaccurate and he's like, yeah, like a lot of Billy McComas obviously said that, but also a lot of people around <laughs> Indianapolis are like the guy. I think last week he puts the ball like in a bucket if he has to. Like that is one of his strengths. So if he has time and he can digest the defense and he gets a chance to like pick some things apart, look for Mo Alley Cox. Is he playing tonight? Look for him to have a big night, I'd assume, because Jack Doyle is out. He's a tight end. If T.Y. is going to get loose, let's go. Is Michael Pittman for – I like the Colts all of a sudden night. And it's Naheem Hines' birthday. Oh, so yeah. he's going to get loose on a punt return or a kickoff return or maybe even out of the backfield. Okay, I like the Colts tonight all of a sudden. Is there any worry that A.J. Brown obviously is a certified stud and on the opposite side, Corey Davis, his brother just passed away and he might have a little extra motivation for the game? I will tell you the um, – the death in a family type thing is a real thing. Like, uh, it really brings a team together. So that maybe, oh, does that offset my thoughts? Because yeah. I am a big, like, hey, how about the, the, the Joes guys, not yeah. the X's yeah. and O's yeah. guys? I mean, that kind of puts a wrench in my entire thing right there. By the way, rest in peace. Uh, T's in peace, obviously, completely. Yeah. Oh, man, this we got a good one tonight. Thursday Night Football's got a good one. And the Masters. Yeah! yeah! We love golf. This is good, AJ. We got to get to a Where's break. Tiger? Where is Tiger right now? Tiger is four under through 12. <laughs> Leader is at six under. He just got to make the cut and get to the weekend. Because once he gets to the weekend, you know, that's when it's like, all right, here we go. You don't win on Monday, but you could definitely lose on Thursday. That's what I meant. Thursday, Thursday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I said Monday. <laughs> Duplicate. Yeah, you just did a little quick little edit. Yeah. Mr. Ali Cox, questionable. He uh, full practice yesterday, though. So. Oh, so he's playing. Yeah. He'll have a big game. Trey Burton. What's Look that? for Trey Burton. So that's the dude that threw the touchdown, yeah. huh? Yeah. Phil oh, likes him a lot. I yeah. think he targets him a lot. Oh, yeah. I don't know how I feel about him. I think he's made some big plays. I don't know enough about him. You think Indy's going to be able to run the ball? Uh, four minutes, Naeem Hines, birthday. No, that, don't you think, though, Tennessee's going to load the box and, and say, hey, all right, Phil, you proved to us that you can beat us through the air? I think Phil can tonight. All right. We'll talk Taylor the one like 10 minutes. Nah, the death of the brother. Oh, They also just added Desmond King. We've got a full week of practice with that defense. Ah. Touchdown. Scored a touchdown last week, too, in his first game. Oh, yeah. All right, let's get to a break. This is, by the way, Cat Stockton, uh, Mr. Neighborgood. Wow. It's an absolute banger. Uh, we got Taylor Luan joining us in less than 10 minutes. My back is cramping. Oh, oh no. no. It's probably because that little son of a bitch did a front flip into me. <laughs> Prick. Probably. We're adding things up. Golly, a little tight here, pal. 
Hey, that is that guy, uh, the tan guy who always has the same facial expression. Is that Jay McAfee that wrestles with you, dude? You don't get it. That's Pete on the Bruiser. <laughs> He's awesome. He's intimidating. He intimidates me. I thought it was Jay McAfee. A few, a few shots I saw. <laughs> Happy birthday, Jay! Show. Happy birthday, Jay! That's Pete on. You put some fucking respect on his name, okay? I love my brother. Jay, too. Listen, I love my brother. Mm -hmm. Okay, happy birthday, Jay. Happy, happy birthday, Jay. Happy birthday, Jay. Hey, Jay. Pete Dunn would body bag Jason. <laughs> okay, I just want that to be known. All right? That's just how it goes. Can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to this show. It's the dumbest show of all time, but we thank you for listening. Uh, thanks to our guests for taking times out of their day. I don't think they take times. They well, numerous time out of day. Hmm. Interesting. Going to have to dive deeper into that to see if I was right or wrong whenever I first said that in a sentence. But <laughs> thank you to all of our guests taking time out of their day for joining us. All the boys, obviously, are bringing all the energy. Uh, and to all of you for choosing to let us penetrate your ear holes. Uh, if you enjoy the show, please be a friend, tell a friend. If not, just act like it never happened. We'll be back tomorrow with a good feel-good Friday. And who do we have tomorrow? Massive. Massive guest. Don't want to spoil it, obviously. Give you something to look forward to along with the weekend. But it's big. It is big. Maybe it? an MVP candidate. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, maybe. You never know. You never know. It's, I don't even know. It's big, though. Ty knows. I don't even know. Um, be a friend. Tell a friend. Feel good Fridays tomorrow. Ty Schmidt. And by the way, thank you all so much. Ty Schmidt, please play some independent music and propel these people into the greatest Thursday night football game in the history of Thursday night football, Colts and Titans. Cheers. Have a good day. We'll see you tomorrow. I don't.